1: The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Talk of the Tundra. I am your host, Numak, and I am joined today by Ty Windisch. Ty, once again, thank you for joining me.
3: Oh, I'm, I was not going to miss this one for the world, so no <laughs> need to thank me here, and you'll probably oh, yeah. want to retract it after we argue later on in this show, but thank you for having me, Numak.
2: Oh, no probably Also joining us today is our illustrious Cruising for the Bruising host, Andrew Snyder, who's got, from what I heard in the, uh, in the Discord sphere, on the campfire per se, quite the uh, opener being teased for Monday's episode of bruising for a bruising. Well, First off, how are you doing? I'm doing
4: well. The Milwaukee Brewers will decide whether or not uh, I launch into a very uh, interesting, we'll say, opener. But that's (laughs) a time for another day. That's future Andrew's problem. Current Andrew is ready to talk about some NFL football. My alma mater opened their college football season yesterday, winning a game they would normally lose, dominating, but then trying to give it away and then instead the other team gave it away. So I'm all in football mode, fired up and ready to go. Uh
2: snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, I might say. They sure did. <laughs> Shout out to
4: uh college athletes that kick footballs because they are
2: often bad at that job. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a roller coaster ride for sure. But yes, before we jump into it, uh be sure to check out Cruising for a bruising Eurostep win in six and make time for this gspn's new pop culture sort of everything junk drawer pod uh, we're always coming out with new stuff what's that? five pods now so it's almost an episode a week if we once we're all in full season so we always got wisconsin sports content for all you faithful listeners and one more piece of housekeeping we have a text line and we are going to be approaching you guys asking for the green bay packers record prediction um and reading those out on a pod later this week when we do the Packers uh, overarching season preview. So if you haven't, text GSPN to 31032. Again, that's GSPN to 31032 to get signed up. Boom. Boom. And now for today's pod. We are doing a league-wide over-under prediction. It's going to be a wild ride this year in the nfl there are a lot of good teams the packers included and we figured we just kind of take a, a gloss over the league and see what we think about how many wins each teams are going to get because as for the packers schedule they've got a few games against some of those uh cream of the crop teams and with that we want to know how we're going to stack up against the rest of the league so we are going to start with the AFC South, Uh a division that has primarily been ran by the Tennessee Titans the last three, four years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Tennessee Titans right now, over under nine and a half wins. I guess I'll broach one of you guys first. What do you think of the Titans' run over the last couple of years? And where do you think they're headed this year?
3: Yeah, so I like the Titans overall and what Mike Vrabel has done there I am a little concerned that Derrick Henry was human for the first time in a couple of years last season and got injured and maybe he'll mm-hmm. just be healthier and fine last year and he has kind of bucked the I guess like new logic that running backs individually generally are not that important he is certainly one of the Uh, Exceptions to that, but injuries to a running back with that kind of miles is always a little concerning. Also, don't love that they lost AJ Brown, who I think was pretty important in making Ryan Tannehill look good. So, the over under of nine and a half, they've won nine or more games in each of the three years with Mike Vrabel. Obviously, there's the extra game this year. I am actually going to start out by going under on the Titans because I think their division got better overall, even if it's still a pretty bad division. Mm-hmm. And I just I, – I don't like the skill position players taking that huge hit of losing A.J. Brown, even though they do have a rookie there. They're uh, pretty excited about a receiver, Traylon Burks, right? But yep. um, I'm going to go under. I, I think the offense takes a hit, and I just – I don't think this is as good of a team as most of the other teams that have won divisions for the last few years around the NFL.
4: Andrew? I'm going over but just barely. I mean, this is a team that was middle of the road offense last year, middle of the road defense. And uh I think we're going to see another team in this division kind of figure out a two-team two-team race against them. Um and then the other two are just going to be irrelevant, but I think it's you can make a case that them going uh 4 and 0 against Jacksonville and Houston and I'm just banking those four wins for them. So that's kind of the leading factor in me saying that they're gonna get just over that nine and a half range into 10 win territory. Right. Um it's it's a they're such a weird team because you just hear the name Tennessee Titans and you're like, oh I forgot they did all that like winning <laughs> the last few years. I was right in in Nashville when uh when they host or no not when they hosted, but when they played in the AFC championship game against KC. And I was like oh Oh, I was going to be there, and it still didn't occur to me that the Titans were in the AFC championship <laughs> game. That's that's how weird it is. I I know what that's like being a fan of a franchise that many people think are irrelevant. So I think they'll uh, eke out 10 wins, but it won't be enough to win the division this year.
3: For context, the two divisions they play outside of their own in their entirety are the NFC East, which is fine, and the AFC West, which good yeah. luck with that one, Tennessee.
2: Yeah. So I think jumping off of that, I, I'm going under as well for that uh, for that purpose. Nine, I guess we'll say 10 wins, is going to be real tough when they have to face the uh, the AFC West, like you had mentioned, with the Chargers, with the Broncos, the Raiders who aren't like going to be super good but have a chance with that division, and obviously Kansas City. But then they also play the Packers one week, and the uh, and the Bengals. So the two games, or I can't find the last game that they at to, to play outside the division, but your two random games against Green Bay and Cincinnati is hard. And sort of jumping off of what you said, Ty, they didn't get better as a team. They let go A.J. Brown in a trade, and then Leo Jones signed with the Buccaneers. Which like he wasn't that big of a contributor, but he was still a guy to catch passes for Ryan Tannehill. And
3: their other their non-division camp- game is in Buffalo. By the way, thank you. So thank yeah, they so, they have a really tough three random <laughs> schedule games there in Tennessee,
2: right? And two of them are away. They play at yeah. Buffalo and at Green Bay, which so. is
3: the two worst ones that you. Can, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather play in Cincy than in Buffalo or in GB if I'm
2: if I'm the Titans, right? So. Yeah, I, I'm going under for just because it's they have a tough schedule. And I think that'll be similar to the rest of their um, division as well. Um, unless you guys have anything else. Moving on to, I think, what is one of the more interesting teams in the NFL. This is early to say that in the podcast, but I think they truly are, is the Indianapolis Colts. I was hoping you were going to say Texans. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But the Colts are also slated at 9.5 wins. So... Uh, by the way, we were using ESPN's uh, over under NFL one prediction from, I believe it was May, they put this out. But nine and a half for the Colts. They cut the uh, loss of uh, their losses and traded Carson Wentz to the Commanders. And subsequently, I believe it was traded for Matt Ryan, correct? Or did they just sign him? No, they had to trade for him. Okay. So yeah, then they traded for Matt Ryan. And we'll see if he has anything left in the tank to sort of bolster that offense after last year because they were set to make the playoffs and fumbled it away. I don't think it was literally fumbled, but I'm pretty sure they just need to beat the Jaguars in Week 18 and didn't. (laughs) So uh, for the Colts, I... I think I might go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I think Jonathan Taylor maintains his, um, his dominance as the league's best running back and hoping that Matt Ryan can find those receivers enough to make their offense worth it. They didn't re-sign Ty Hilton, or T.Y. Hilton, so that'll be an interesting dynamic as to how they navigate that wide receiver with Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and others, but they have a seemingly significantly easier schedule not having to play Green Bay, Buffalo, or the Bengals, and rather... I think it's Pittsburgh, and then I can't New England, and then somebody else. But both those are quite a lot easier than the Packers, Bengals, and Chiefs.
1: I'm
3: going over. Oh, yeah, go
4: ahead, Ty. Sorry. No, no,
3: no. You go. You go. I don't. You, you're more ready than I am to talk about the Colts.
4: I, I'm going over. I think the quarterback change is just a level up of competence. And this is a team that nearly made the playoffs last year, despite having Carson Wentz as their primary quarterback, which is like uh, a Herculean effort in, <laughs> in the 2020s. Um, I mean, they went into that last game against the two and 14 Jaguars at the time with needing a win, win in your in and they couldn't do it. And I think if you get into a scenario like that again, and you've got, Matt Ryan as your quarterback instead of Carson Wentz and you've got if Jonathan Taylor stays healthy they find a way to reduce his workload but still get a lot of value out of him because you don't want to see him go the way of like Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers who can't stay healthy now that balance I think will be enough to to nudge them over that nine and eight record that they were at last year I think they'll win the South and be just uh, chum in the water for whatever team they have to phase off with in the first round of the playoffs, but I think they will be uh, a playoff team this year.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to take that over. I mean, I don't, Matt Ryan was not very good last year. The question is, will he look better on a much better Colts team than the Falcons, which really their roster fell apart uh, in the years following the 28-3 collapse there? Uh, which I think brings Andrew and I both a, a pretty good amount of joy still, as people <laughs> at least sort of rooting for other NFC South teams. Um, yeah, I just think that they have an easier schedule. I think I like their team a little bit more than the Colts. I think if the Colt or then the Titans, excuse me. I think if the Colts are maybe a little bit running into place, you lose Ty Hilton, but you know I think Matt Ryan is probably still an upgrade over Wentz, even if Matt Ryan is is on the decline now in his career. Like, I think they have an easier schedule, and they were roughly similar anyway, so I think I will take them. Their grab bag games are, like, at New England, which is not an easy place to win, but it's certainly not as bad as, you know, going into Buffalo or going into Green Bay. Uh, I think the others are
2: versus... Minnesota and Pittsburgh.
3: Minnesota and Pittsburgh, yeah. So... Much, much easier. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Colts. I'll say over, but, like, barely. And it wouldn't surprise me if they won nine and the division. Like, I think nine and a half, it's going to be within a half game of that, one way or the other.
2: Yeah. And they had a good defense last year, too. I think it, they were ranked 10th uh, overall, just in, like, total defense. or like, team defense. So, I I see them being good, but not, like, a super contender, so... Um, Todd, you want to talk about the Texans? I guess what intrigues you about their Texans? They're slated at uh, four and a half wins. So they're, according to ESPN, going to go last in a division. But you seem eager to talk about them. So what intrigues you about the Houston Texans?
3: Yeah, I'm going to take the over because I think they can win five games. I think this is a, a not talent, a not star-studded division. And I feel like divisions like this, I mean, it'll probably come down to the Like Whoever out of the Colts or Titans can do better against the Jags and Texans will probably be the team that wins the division, but I think the Texans are going to be competitive in all of their division games, and that I think they could easily pick up three wins in those six division games just because division games tend to be pretty close unless there's a huge talent imbalance, and I don't see that in the AFC South. I think Davis Mills shows he's like a competent NFL quarterback, which gives you a leg up over probably a couple of teams you'll end up facing due to injuries or other circumstances over the season. And it seems like there's some good buzz around some of their defensive players out of the uh, Texans camp. so mm-hmm. they've they've been drafting a lot. They have a lot of young players. They took flyers on. They just drafted Derek Stingley, who seems like he could be an impact cornerback. You know, they they clearly are not going to be a great team. But I feel pretty good about the Texans being able to get like five wins as they're now in, you know, year two of a rebuild, year three of a rebuild versus some teams who may just kind of be careening into rebuilding now. And their random games at Chicago, eminently winnable, as we well know, um, I believe at Miami and then versus Cleveland. So that one could be tough. We'll
2: see. But that's uh, that's the first week. Deshaun Watson comes back. They they win
3: that game by a million points. Actually, I, I'll pound the over. It's a lock. <laughs> that's, that's one one fifth of the wins they need right there. I they are going to win that football game.
2: I'm here for it. Stone Cold lock. <laughs>
4: Andrew? Uh, I'm gonna do the under. Uh, because I committed to this bit about the Titans and Colts both being over because of how bad their other two division opponents are going to be, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the bit. Uh, I think the the Davis Mills regression is coming. He showed uh, a surprising level of competence last year, uh, but I'm not buying it moving forward. Also, just hate the organization on principle. So for that reason, under
2: on the Houston Texans, I think. I'm stuck between the both of you that I think the Titans are over. And I think the, or I'm sorry that the Titans are under and the Colts go over, but it was close. And I'm going to go close again with the Texans, but I think it's, instead of a half game. It's gonna be a game and a half. And I'm going to go over. I think if David Davis mills shows, he can be competent. That'll be a huge for their offense. But um, I'm super high on Damian Pierce. Rookie running back who has gotten comparisons to Javante Williams in Denver, just a really hard north and south runner. And there's a lot of hype around him in Houston. But I think if they can become sort of a a run first offense with Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack, I think that'll help benefit them greatly. Where I do see a little bit of a challenge in getting to that six win mark that I'm predicting is their receiving core. I know they did just signed OJ Howard, uh, who got cut from the or was not I don't think it was released, but he was ultimately not re-signed by the uh the Buccaneers, and then the Bills signed him, and then from there they got cut in uh in training camp. So the raw receiver core as it stands isn't very good. they re- they signed Tyler Johnson from the Bucks camp off of a waivers. Uh they have John Mitchell the third. Brandon Cooks is really their star receiver. And we'll just kind of see how that goes for them. Like, I've always been mid on Brandon Cooks. He's been either really good some weeks or not.
3: He's going to be great but, in the four games he plays and shows up for the Texans. Yeah. And then they'll have to find answers the other 13 games. This is the Brandon Cooks story. Unfortunately for him, <laughs> post New Orleans.
2: Right. So, yeah, I'm going to go over in hopes of that they can show some semblance of uh competency on offense and the last one the one that is perpetually probably under the jacksonville jaguars they are slated at somehow six and a half wins i'm i'm hitting the under it's an easy over for me i'm going under because i will never ever believe in that franchise until they prove to me they can not be a bumbling 53 set of idiots.
3: Well, they were in the AFC championship game within the decade. So they're not a totally, they're not the lions. Sorry, lions. Right. Who I like they their rebuild, but they're, they have not gone to the playoffs or but whatever. And not one playoff game in 50 years. Is that the stat? Something like that. I think they went with Megatron like once, but I don't think they've won. Yeah. Um, So, there's a strong correlation between the teams who spend the most money and the next, the immediate after season over under and win performance. And it does help by a few wins. And I think it's easy to just look at what the Jaguars did this last summer and go, these are bad moves. They will hurt the team. And they will in the long term. Paying Christian Kirk like a WR1 is not going to be good for the next five years. But it'll be good for the next year. I mean, it's better to have Christian Kirk than to not have Christian Kirk. He's still a useful player. And I think that goes for pretty much all of their signings. Like, they didn't sign guys who are going to actively hurt their football team this year. They signed guys who will actively hurt their cap sheet in 2024, which is dumb considering they have Trevor Lawrence and everything who look terrible. But I think between spending the money and getting better players and swapping out Urban Meyer, who is... (laughs) cannot do this. I, I literally think any of the three of us, just because we're not insane and out like just wild boys at the club, could do a better job coaching the Jaguars than Urban Meyer did. Doug Peterson is a good NFL coach and especially good to work with flighty quarterbacks. I think he'll help Lawrence especially, but really the whole team. He won't be kicking them. So, I mean, I think I'm not a huge, like I'm not like, oh, yeah, Jags for the division. But I think seven wins should be doable, especially if Lawrence starts to look at least like an average NFL quarterback, which I think is under what we would have all expected him to look like by this point when he got drafted. I mean, he was that guy. So unless everyone just totally missed the eval, I think it'll be pretty easy for them to go, what would it be, seven and ten? Like, that's not that much, especially, again, in this sloppy division.
4: Yeah. I'm uh, hitting the under at six and 12. Or six and... 11 how many games they play yep, six 11. Uh, uh six yeah my brain is is mush uh yeah i think if if i were the coach of the jaguars i would bring a much more low key presence like when i'm at the bar i'm just going to be in the <laughs> like a, a a corner booth myself just sipping a cabernet and scrolling through brewers highlights on my phone so definitely definitely won't bring any headlines that's uh, what the team needs uh, man about who i'm talking to in the bar because i will be alone um yeah i think this season is going to represent progress it's going to be the next step in Lawrence looking like the guy that you expect to have when you have that first pick. But I think it's not going to be all the way there yet. And I just, I think that is all these points about the change in coach going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson is just definitely a level up, uh, the Urban Meyer thing is insane. I'm on the countdown clock to when urban Meyer becomes the guy who's supposed to save Nebraska. I really look <laughs> forward to that storyline and eventual reality, just like hook it to my veins. I'm so ready for it. Uh, upgrades in the, re- the receiver room, uh, are good. Uh, obviously you've got a, a good pass catching tight end and Evan Ingram, uh, Kirk, just like going out there and uh, his agent just dropping a, uh, I guess, uh, a grenade into the market and just being like, "This is what you pay receivers now," like uh, was was a great off storyline as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, six wins for the Jags for me. Shades of uh, Timothy Mozgov for
2: uh, that contract. Just like, why are <laughs> hey, you? Hey, let's paying? not let's
4: not put let's not put that on Christian Kirk, but yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> it's it's you it has to be brought up. So I applaud you for bringing it up. Right. So. That wraps up the uh, the AFC South. I Did, just you, the, did you? Oh, you uh, went under. I went under. Just yeah. incredible under. Just be, they're the Jaguars, man. Like I, They're one of those franchises that I half root for to be good, just to stop having to think it's about it. It's not been how, that long. It's not been that I don't think we need to do that with the Jags. We do because like the significance of the year they made it to the AFC Championship game wasn't sustained enough for me to think that it wasn't just a fluke year.
3: I feel like, like there's enough teams that have had no success that they can they can be okay with that.
2: So like my, I guess my my barometer for that is like cough, at Titans. least cough, right? I think like the the barometer for that for me is they haven't had any players that are even worth it that are to be excited about besides Jalen Ramsey. Like that was their their one player who was really star studded on that team. But other than that, since like Maurice Jones Drew. And Fred Taylor were there. Yeah. I haven't been excited about anybody coming out of the since, Jaguars since two thousand three playoff appearances.
3: Yeah, it's
4: not great, so
3: but it's something. Right. It's something. Right. Hey, hey, tw- they'll always have twenty seventeen. The Browns have so, one. Yeah, that time
2: I think maybe two. Right, they own their uh, Yeah, well, we'll
3: get to the we'll get to the Browns, but we'll
2: get to the the um, Browns.
3: They're the it's too I mean, whatever the Jags play in Detroit um, in the at Jets and then I think they have a tough yeah, versus Baltimore is their other yep. random
2: game, which is I think weird is because like Baltimore is obviously good but they're so plagued by injuries this year. The thing, if I'm not mistaken, how that works is you your three random games are oh, against yeah, three random teams, teams that are where matched where where you finished. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's why right. the that's why the Titans play the Bengals, the Packers, and the. Bills. Yeah. And they're in their three random games. They they face their other three matches in, in a random division. And so the Ravens will be a tough random game for them because the Ravens are better than their fourth place seeding they were last year just because they're played by injuries. So yeah, until they prove otherwise Jaguars, under. They're
3: getting a win in the first two weeks because the Colts cannot win in Jacksonville for whatever reason.
2: <laughs> You're still hoping. Alrighty, moving on to the AFC East. Uh, obviously, this division has been since Tom Brady left run by the Buffalo Bills. Um, looking like more of the same this year. If Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are going to be um, as healthy, or just healthy, they'll be good. That team is scary. They're a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, we'll start with them and kind of work our way down the, if I can find the number, The Bills are slated at 11.5 wins, our first double-digit win prediction. And I think they're going to go over. I think this team is going to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. And I really want to see them succeed with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Their defense swarms. It's incredible. And playing in Buffalo is always difficult. So I've got a lot of things going for them and I think their running back uh room is going to be interesting between Devin Singletary, uh Zach Moss, and I forget who their their third running back is, but he's uh let me look at it. Oh, they have oh James Cook, I think is their rookie they're excited about. So they've got I'm not gonna say a three-headed monster because we don't really know they're not not all that good to be called a three-headed monster but it'll be an interesting dynamic as to how they play off of those three running backs. And then they added Jamison Crowder, which isn't going to be a super game changer, but another weapon to take somebody off of Stefan Diggs, And then Gabe Davis is continuing to, uh, to show out after his um, sort of emergence in last year's playoff run. I think he against the, the Kansas city. It was, he had a few touchdowns. I think he like had two or three against them. So yeah, more of the same out of Buffalo. I think they go 12, possibly 13 wins.
4: I'm hammering the over. I'm all in drinking all of the uh <laughs> the the magic hope juice that the media is is trying to serve me about the Bills and making them Super Bowl favorites. I'm all in. Sean McDermott, the coach, it's uh the original version of Carolina Panthers North, which is also uh taking up route in Washington as well in the Ron Rivera era, except this one's going well. Uh, arguably, if they play to the, their capabilities on both sides of the ball, um, they could have a top five defense and a top five offense. Uh, yep. Obviously losing uh, Brian Dable, who's now the head coach of the Giants, if I'm, is that right? Um,
3: yeah, Yes. Well, I thought it was Brian uh, Flores. Bill Belichick texted me and, and said it was Brian Flores. <laughs> that, was he wrong about that? Uh,
4: you were supposed to re- respond, new phone, who's this? It um, was <laughs> is, is how that was supposed to go. So, yeah, losing him, obviously, as he was a lot of uh, the brains behind the operation and what they do offensively there. But I think Josh Allen is Josh Allen, and – uh I really love his story because we knew all the jokes coming into his draft year and people were like, Oh, he, you know, he's not going to be accurate enough. He just slings the ball and doesn't know where it's going. And he's turned into just one of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL. I've loved that. I, I have this team just doing all the things they're supposed to do this year uh, because they've got that, that talent and that continuity as well on, on both sides of the the line of scrimmage. And they're going to be, uh, they're going to be great this year. That's Hot take. I'm stepping out on a limb on
2: my first time <laughs> on Talk of the Tundra. You guys hear about these Buffalo Bills? Heard they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty good. For what yeah. it's worth, the Bills had the best offense in terms of yards allowed last year. They allowed only 4,600 yards. You mean defense? Yes, defense. My yeah. apologies. They had, they had the top defense last year. And uh, had 19 interceptions, which is uh, good. Good.
3: Hard to sustain, but good. Um, interceptions have a lot of variation year over year. But I think they're going to be a great defense, a great offense. I'm going to take the over. They play the NFC North, which is pretty nice for them. And then I think they also play the NFC North or the AFC North. Yeah. So those are their two divisions they play. They start the year, game of the year, first game of the year actually, in Los Angeles against the Rams, which will be a very fun game to watch. And then they also get Tennessee, which is a pretty good – first seed team to get for them. And yeah. I'm looking... Oh, and then they... Oh, no, they played Cincinnati anyway. They have somebody else, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they play in a pretty weak division. I think they're a very good football team. Oh, they play at Kansas City, so that's less fun. Um, but I, I, think, I think they can hang with anyone. I think they'll probably win at least half of their toss-up games against really good teams. And I think they'll win at a very high rate against the Vikings, Lions, et cetera, of the world. So... Yeah, I, I'm gonna take the over here too. I think 13 is probably more in line with where I would expect the Bills to finish after this season. Also, one of the best home field advantages, I think, especially as we get later in the year. I'm
2: looking. Also, at
4: the, if, any, if anyone uh, listening knows of any Bills bars in near Times Square, let me know. And then if if you're there, you can uh, spike me through a table uh, on Thursday, <laughs>
2: season opener. I'll go cosplay for a day. So. what it's worth they don't really have any like difficult away games outside of kansas city uh they play at la i yeah maybe like it's the first game of season i think more nerves will play that into like the actual like fan base and stuff like that yeah but kansas city is the only one i really associate with like having a crazy fan base like
3: at new england i I think is always a little tough
2: yeah i just think that it's different when it's a division rival like yeah. going into Minnesota is different for most other teams than it is for the Packers, because the Packers have played there countless times before. They know so what to expect.
3: They definitely got lucky that their NFC North away games are Detroit and Chicago, the yeah. two obvious worst teams in. in yeah, the division.
2: if it if it's flipped, they have a much harder away schedule. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, for, I I think they have a not a cakewalk schedule, but I think they have a really. um According to, according to Sharp
3: football analysis, I got more more refined here as we went. They are 18th in strength of schedule this season.
2: Yeah, so with, that makes
3: with that tracks. With one being easiest. So it's a little harder, but they're also really good. So I think that balances out. Yeah,
2: and I think those three games against the division winners bumps that up. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Moving on, unless you have something else to talk about uh, Bill's Mafia, we'll go... We'll go Patriots, and we'll kind of tease the the Dolphins next because the Dolphins are interesting, too. Patriots are slated at eight and a half for their over-under, and Mac Jones is uh, second season. We'll go Andrew. Andrew, what do you think about the New England Patriots and uh, Macaroni Jones? Uh, Under, Mac Jones stinks.
0: Uh, (laughs) He's he's not
4: good. Uh, I don't think we would even be talking about him if he were a quarterback for the Lions or a relevant team XYZ. I'll th- the Carolina Panthers. We wouldn't be talking about him if he was a Carolina Panther. So, I'll throw the shade back on myself. Uh I think last year was an anomaly. I think it was a fluke. I think it's 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 going backwards this year. The post uh Tom Brady Belichick divorce is going to keep looking worse for Belichick. They're going to finish with eight wins they're gonna miss the playoffs Uh, i have them as the the third best team in this division um and the only reason they're the third best is because there's just utter incompetence in that fourth team uh i'm also just a patriots hater like we go into this podcast with me here as a guest you just know that i'm just doing this based purely on vibes like i'm a vibes guy when it comes to football and uh tall guy throw ball go far is kind of my approach to analysis Uh, which is why I love Josh Allen so much. Uh, And the Patriots suck. Their reign is over. Uh, Turns out Tom Brady was the guy. Turns out it was him. It wasn't you, Bill. It was Tom. It was all Tom. I'm taking
3: the L on that one, too. Uh,
4: Yeah, I was I was on the other side of that. And I still don't know how committed I am to this take. But for right now, Patriots under. uh, Let me take a sip from my hater. (laughs) Go ahead, Tyler. So I,
3: I think I mean, I think Bill is still, I mean, he's going to be looked at as one of the greatest coaches and deserves that. But I think he is a great defensive coach, and they were second in points allowed per game last season, which is a very Patriots thing to do. Although now their cornerback room is really depleted, and we'll see if Bill can work some magic after trading uh, Stephon Gilmore right to the Panthers last year. Do I have the player wrong? I think it was him, yeah. Yeah, it was Um, Gilmore. They they play a man-heavy style. There's not that many man-corner specialists left in the league these days. The passing revolution has shifted things to zone. We'll see. They'll probably have at least an okay defense, maybe better. It's not shocking to me that reports out of the shared practices and Patriots camp and everything, and just in the preseason, are that their offense is an abject disaster because they have no offensive coordinator. It's somewhere between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, Two guys who were too incompetent to hold jobs in New York and Detroit. Like, it was so obvious, even in the world of the New York Giants. I guess it doesn't matter which New York team, right? Even in the world of New York and Detroit football, these guys were so bad, it stood out as worse than the, the norm around those franchises. And yeah, I think Mac Jones is like, I don't know, the 25th to 30th 30th best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's like, yeah, he'll put the ball on a route. He's not going to do anything special. I don't think that's enough with a very pretty like worse than average group of pass catchers. And the only reason it's not abjectly terrible is they spent a ton of money at tight end. But it's certainly not, you know, you can't really talk about old Patriots tight ends going too deep without getting into muddy waters. But it's not the best Patriots tight end room we've ever seen. That's for sure. Right. Um, I just think their offense is going to be a disaster. I'm taking the under. I think even if their defense is good, there's only so much that you can paper over if your offense is terrible. Like we talk about the Packers in this context. Like, can they be carried by their defense? They still have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Like, it's not an awful offense. This looks to me like it could well be an awful offense. And I don't think Mac Jones is a special quarterback who can make up for the lack of talent and stuff around him. So I'm going to take the under here. I agree with Andrew. They are the third best team in the AFC East.
2: I struggle with this pick. Because while I don't believe so much in Mac Jones, I think their running backs are good enough to... Make up the difference. Like Damien Harris is a good running back, and they're expecting quite a jump from Ramondre Stevenson this year. And the, the the Patriots having running backs that are good is always uh a weird thing because Bill belchuk refuses to use one consistently. Like he'll just bench a player for six games if I'll they fumble. S- yeah, I was gonna, if you fumble, you're in a gulag
3: <laughs> somewhere in yeah.
2: Foxborough. But I think similar to. Uh, the Jaguars, they spent a little bit on Devonte Parker and it was Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar was there last year. They got rid of, uh, Akil Harry, which is a plus for them. He's plays for the, uh, the bears. now, even though I think he just got injured, but I think Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Devontae Parker is an at best. Okay. Receiving core. Bunch of guys who had trouble proving themselves, uh, elsewhere. But like I guess that, uh, Parker and Nelson Aguilar, that is, but eight and a half. I'm going to go under with you guys. I think I have to go under. I think it's under at eight. I think they go eight and nine. So just barely under 500 or aggression from Mac Jones and or from the defense. And maybe Bill Belichick will retire after this year. I doubt it. He's like Emperor Palpatine and lives forever. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So all three of us are under. That seems like a lock, sock, and barrel kind of prediction for this year. Also, eight and a half wins according to ESPN is the Miami Dolphins. I see Andrew is rubbing your rubbing his hands together because uh, he might be a a Tua believer. Andrew, are you part got, of a uh, Tuanon? Do you know, what, you know what Tuanon is? Uh, I can be. It sounds scary, but it's really, like, what uh, I, go ahead. Sorry. Really, what I am uh
4: is just like I'm in the Mike McDaniel hive. But go ahead, tell me what Tuanon is.
2: So Tuanon, I have a a friend who is a, a big Miami Dolphins fan, and there's a a Subsect of Dolphins Twitter that is like QAnon, but for Tua, uh, for Tua, and they have like receipts of everyone's bad takes on Tua. Like when uh mini camp was happening, and there was that story about how Tua couldn't throw that ball, it was super underthrown. And they're like, Well, actually, if you look at this video and this video, it shows the balls that <laughs> traveled 60 yards in the air, and they then just put out like uh the anonymous style. Cryptic videos about how Tula is actually good and everyone needs to watch out for head uh, to be good because the cold takes are coming when he's good.
4: <laughs> oh, baby. I love, that. It's, love good that. it's a good way to spend like your time. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in, I'm over on the dolphins. I, this is a year in the AFC where I think there's a lot of conversation around. All right. Who slides out of that playoff picture and who slides in because you'd expect teams like, the Ravens or the Broncos maybe to bump up and maybe the Steelers or the Titans to fall back. And there are some other teams in that mix that are candidates for that. And I think one of the candidates to go in and and steal one of those wild card spots is the dolphins I'm calling over. I don't know if they'll fully get there, but I like Mike McDaniel. I think there's talent for two to work with now. I mean, you've got second year of, of uh, Jalen Waddle. And then uh, you add, hill to the mix now i know th- the issue in theory there is that hill's straightest strength is to stretch the field vertically and to uh you worry about does he have the arm talent to get it there i have faith in mike mcdaniel to gear this offense to, to his strengths mm-hmm. which is delivering a catchable ball into space for his receivers so if he can game plan around to his weaknesses i think they can have an offense that's, that's just good enough to to win Uh, I had a stat pulled up about their defense, and now I've lost it. But, you know, 9-8 and last year, despite just a season of turmoil as well, because you've got a lot of controversy about how ownership and the front office just treated Brian Flores so poorly. Um, A year removed from that, McDaniel uh, in his second year there uh, as a head coach. Or or is he their new coach this year? What am am I doing? New coach, I think. New coach. Oh,
3: wow. Flores was just last year. A lot has happened. Yeah. Wow, own.
4: that sounds that feels like it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I know. Uh, it does. But uh, I mean, Mike McDaniel to the big point why I'm in on this is because he made Jimmy G uh, mm. look good from time to time, and I think he can do the same for Tua. Mm-hmm.
3: I I agree with everything you said, and I really want to go over this to me, and I'm already I'm done with my advanced schedule metrics because I have the Dolphins at like a pretty mid schedule. This to me is like a brutal schedule. So they start home against New England. Then they visit Baltimore, then home against Buffalo. Then they visit Cincy Is their first four games. Then they have a couple easier ones, Jets, a really important home back-to-back, not back-to-back, but two straight home games against the Vikings and Steelers. Then two really important road games at Detroit and Chicago, and they need to win like three out of four of those cupcake games because then it's home versus Cleveland by home versus Houston at Niners, at Chargers, at Bills, Home against the Packers at New England before they finish with the Jets. I, yep. I'm just like just counting the winnable games and assuming they don't win all of them. I do think they're gonna struggle to get to nine or ten wins, and I don't think it's I. I it's not because I think they're gonna be worse. I just think it's a pretty difficult schedule and just a hard AFC, and they got pretty unlucky. I think with some of these these other teams that they're up against uh, across the uh, the conference and across the divisions, so. I think I'm going to go under, actually. And I like the Dolphins, but I think I'm going to go under just because I don't trust them yet enough to take care of all of the games they should win. And I certainly don't trust them to like do any better than... like One one in three is optimistic for that late-season stretch with all those road games and then home against the Packers. So right. I, I'm going to lean under just because I, I think they're going to have trouble with this schedule.
2: I think I have to go over just because I. My- my best, one of my best friends, is the Dolphins fan. Like I had mentioned, I've heard him suffer for Dolph, as for the Dolphins' success for years. And I think this year is the year that Tua makes his his leap. It's this. Is, this has to be the year for Tua. They've put a team around Tua that sh- that, for all intents and purposes, should be really good. They have really good pass catchers and Tyree Kill, uh, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Gasecki. and then they have. A really weird running back room, but a running back room that is set to be good if they can all stay healthy. Between uh, Chase Edmonds, who came over from the Air from Arizona, Miles Gaskin, Raheem uh, Mostert, and then fullbacks might be almost dead in the NFL. But uh, Bayport native from Green Bay, Alec Engle, is keeping that dream alive, and he is signed with the uh, with the Dolphins this offseason and. He's been really good at pass blocking and getting those really short yardage uh needs to get first downs and like third and fourth down in uh Las Vegas when he was there. So they have a lot, a lot of talent on uh on offense. Also, Cedric Wilson from uh Dallas came over too and got a, a bag from the Dolphins. So for all intents and purposes, this is Chua's Playoff spot to lose. I'm going to go over. I'm hesitant about it, but I think they get there. I think it's eight and a half they had, I had said. Yep. Eight and a half. I think they get nine. It'll be if that's
3: gonna be a playoff spot in this conference. By the way.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I hedged and said they're in the mix, but I don't know if they'll they'll get there. And if 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 this conversation Tells you anything about sports post COVID and brains post COVID. I imagined a whole season in between last season and this season <laughs> in all, alternate reality where Mike McDaniel uh got his, his first season under his belt. Uh he's a five foot nine guy with glasses, so I'm just required to just go all <laughs> that's, just,
3: that's just kind of the way it goes. He you also see, seems see... cool. So more similarities
2: there, Andrew. Yes. Oh, thanks, buddy.
3: Yeah.
2: You get seven, seven playoff spots, right? Yeah. It might stick into that last spot. They might sink in oh so, yeah in the mix is probably a better way to put it um i'm a believer that defense is good too between davy and howard and uh i didn't even know they had melvin ingram which is impressive but yeah they have another good defense so here's to hoping the dolphins get out of their their pit of despair for one year Allah la the jacksonville jaguars in 2017 there you go <laughs> lastly Jets. We'll, we'll talk briefly about the Jets. Five and a half. It's, it's under. It's, it's such an easy under.
3: It's it's under. They have a really soft second half of the year, which okay. I was looking through and I was like, how could it possibly even be this high? They obviously two New England games. New England's not great. Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, all in the back half. So I guess that's why the number is this high. But I'm still going under. Zach Wilson's not healthy to start the year. They're not a good football team. They're clearly the worst team in the division, which never helps. So uh, I'm going to take the under here.
4: I'm going to take the under. Zach Wilson's got more important things to worry about, I think. Uh, And uh, uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the under.
3: Hammer it. Also, poor Makai Becton is out again for the year, right? That's their uh, offensive tackle, I want to say, who everyone's high on but just cannot stay healthy which is a big blow because one of their one of their premier draft picks over the last two years or three years they've been rebuilding so yeah under for the jets
2: i think they're building towards something worthwhile they're not there yet and like zach wilson isn't the guy that's going to lead them
3: well then they're not building toward that much worthwhile if he's not the guy because they don't have that much else in terms of premier young players well, they do. They just drafted a bunch of them.
2: Like Brees Hall is going well, to be we'll good. We'll see. I we think. haven't seen these guys play. Yet. Right, but well, if
3: you don't have yeah. a quarterback in line, there's there's a pretty hard right. ceiling.
2: Their their skill positions on offense are measurably better than Zach Wilson. I think Brees Hall is going to be very good. Um, Corey Davis is still okay. He wants to get traded, but he's another piece. He's not young. But between Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Those are two really exciting wide receiver pieces to have. I'm huge on both of them. So, if they can find, or if and when, I don't think it happens, but if Zach Wilson makes that jump, they'll be pretty good in their pass catcher uh, role of their offense. But yeah, they just need to find somebody that isn't Zach Wilson after this year. I think it's going to be a similar career route to Daniel Jones, is what Zach Wilson's going to have. So. That wraps up the AFC East. Moving on, I think we ought to go to the AFC, to the AFC North. We can get this beef that Ty and I have out of the way.
3: Three of these teams have the same over/under. By the way, they do, which is they fun, do,
2: which is very fun. So, this uh, division obviously includes the one of the Super Bowl uh, participants last year in the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll start with them. We can start off hot. I, uh, I think the Bengals are smashing, absolutely hammering that over at nine and a half wins. The uh, I've likened their season this year to that of the Packers in 2011. They made the Super Bowl and with a relatively unproven and Young quarterback and Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. With Aaron Rodgers in 2010, they made the Super Bowl and won. Sort of a similar um, team in that they had a year together now and with everything in place, and they're going to put it all together and I think go on a pretty big run this year. Nine and a half is their over under, I said. I think they get to 13. I really like Joe Burrow. I really like Jamar Chase. I think it's going to be a fun year in Cincinnati?
3: Um, they, they, nine and a half is such a low number that I kind of just want to go over, even if I am low on them and I don't think they win the division. But they do have what? a pretty hellish end of the year. So starting in week 12 at Tennessee versus the Chiefs versus the Browns at Tampa at New England versus the Bills versus Baltimore. Their earlier part is much easier. And, you know, getting to play, I mean, like, getting to play Pittsburgh could, twice is a mixed bag. I, I don't think they sweep, I don't think anyone sweeps, sweeps Pittsburgh.
2: They could go nine and no in the first nine weeks. That is a pretty easy schedule, the first nine weeks. Pittsburgh, Dallas, Jets, Miami, Baltimore, Saints, Falcons, Browns, Panthers.
3: Yeah, I think they're, I think they're like seven and two, six and three after that. But we obviously differ on them a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go over just because I, I don't think they're bad and they don't have a hard schedule. And this is a really low over under for this team, I think. No. But I think they're like at 10, which is why I'm going over. And I don't think they're the best team in the division. Um, I just think I think they're good. I think they took advantage of a really, a really well set up run and the worst half of football we've ever seen from Patrick Mahomes. And like I wouldn't expect them to beat the Chiefs again in the playoffs. I wouldn't expect them to beat the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it
2: goes. But uh, I, I'm, just, I'm
3: taking over just because nine and a half is, is pretty low. And they don't have a hard schedule.
2: You're teasing me on who you think the best team in this division is. You're also teasing me on who you think they're losing three games to in those first nine games.
3: Uh, I mean, at Dallas, I think it could go either way. I'm low on Dallas, but at Dallas, that's not a for-sure win. At Baltimore, I think could certainly go to Baltimore. And then one of at Cleveland at New Orleans.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. That's Cleveland without Deshaun Watson.
3: Yeah, I think they're probably better then. So, based on the (laughs) fact he couldn't complete a five-yard pass in the preseason, everyone hates him. I did see that, yeah. I think Jacoby Brissett-Browns are going to have more wins than the. I, now I'm spoiling my Browns
2: takes. but Don't you mean the Kellen Mond-Led Browns tie? No, I don't. He's not a real football player.
3: There's, <laughs> if, if he's starting, then I have to change my mind. Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> I trust a lot
2: more. Andrew, what do you think of the Cincinnati Bengals? Do you think they're more the Bengals or the Bungles this year?
4: Uh, I have a slight over um, at, at 10 wins. And I agree with Ty that I think uh, there's another team in this division that is, is going to win the division despite some obvious flaws on their roster. I think it comes down to one thing this year. There's one player that is going to separate the AFC North and decide the division race. And if that player is on the field, he doesn't play for the Bengals. And I love Joe Burrow. I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. Uh, Last year was awesome, but they were also like you said, uh, beneficiaries of a run a pathway that opened up toward for them and they took it the ball and ran with it but i i think there's a better team in
3: this division andrew can we just co can we just co-hammer the ravens over now co-hammer the ra- ravens over if Hammer lamar it. jackson's healthy Hammer it, lamar jackson mvp gonna get the bag this year let's get it baby we love yeah, the ravens we love john harbaugh underrated because of the injuries nine and a half they, they got it
2: and I'm not uh, disagreeing with you guys. Like I think the Ravens are also over. I just think that the Bengals win the division over the Ravens. Like I think they're both playoff teams. Which is again, we're getting into the, uh, <laughs> the this, like, territory of this, this
3: is why it's RIP Dolphins because it's not the best division in the conference, and there could easily be three or even four teams you could convince me could make the playoffs from this right. division.
4: Right. I, uh, I have, I do have worries about the Ravens uh just because you can move the ball against that defense and they were i think they were bottom half of the the league defense last year but i just think everything its a butterfly effect thing and like who knows how things change but i think just having your uh marquee quarterback in in your team and leading you is just such a huge thing in the nfl and getting <laughs> lamar back just has me so high on them bouncing back yeah uh, while also liking the Bengals, but it's just it's flip a coin, but I think
2: it's I think they win that division by a game. It's always helped with them, right? Like last year's why that's why they finished fourth they just they were just obliterated by injuries, particularly in their running back room. The running back room is so weird to me. Like it's not a stretch to say that Lamar Jackson's probably their best running back because uh, like j k. Dobbins is good. Gus Edwards is good. Justice Hill, when he had to fill in those a couple years ago, was okay. But like Lamar Jackson is such a dynamic quarterback, which is what makes him so good and worthy of that big contract he's seeking. That it's just it's such a weird roster they have and how it's constructed. Because like outside of uh, Mark Andrews, I'm not really high on any of their pass catchers. Like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota missed almost all of last year, if not mistaken, or missed most of last year with an injury. He should he was slayed to be good. He was one of the top receivers out of the draft last year. But between Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, DeMarcus Robinson, um, James Proche, who's I couldn't tell you how he played, but it just seems like their weapons are lackluster after losing Hollywood Brown. So It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird for the Ravens. I think, again, they are going to hit the over. But I think that's more of a showcase of how good Lamar Jackson is versus how good the team is.
3: Yeah. Um, Lamar, in my opinion, easily the most disrespected on a regular basis quarterback in the NFL. The questions we keep asking about a guy who's won MVP and who since he took over as starter midway through the 2018 season, according to ESPN's Jamison Hensley, he has a 37 and 12 winning percentage. The only quarterback who's got a better winning percentage in that time is Patrick Mahomes. So I'm riding with Lamar. I really like John Harbaugh as well. And think he's proven more than than Zach Taylor at this point. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Ravens as the team in the AFC North. Pound the over. I think they get up to like 11 12 wins.
2: Yeah, I think they're like I agree with you that he is definitely a disrespected. Um quarterback i think the reason for that is when he's good he's really good when he's bad he's atrocious like there's some games where it's just it's not there for him And i think that's kind of like where all the haters kind of look to is that he's his his bottoming out is almost always pretty bad like against cleveland last year he had a game where he had um one touchdown and four picks like that's that's not good and so i think they look to that harder than they look to a game where he has four touchdowns and no picks just because haters like to look at the the bad stuff right but i would have i probably agree with that he is one of the more disrespected quarterbacks in the nfl but moving on to the Perpetual sadness, the factor of sadness. Cleveland Browns and their garbage of a human being at quarterback for the last half of their other season. Over, under again, nine and a half wins. I am going to take the under on that. I don't think they can do anything in the beginning part of their schedule that is going to make them viable for the 10-win the mark. I don't think and, they can do
3: anything in the end of their schedule that will be either
2: yeah it's it's a tough schedule after like so the sean watson comes back week 13 at houston and they follow that with uh the Bengals, baltimore the saints the commanders and uh the steelers but before that when they don't have the sean watson they have tampa buffalo and miami chargers they're, they're, yeah chargers uh i won't say anything about atlanta because they're not that good Wengland no. is a toss-up game for them, Baltimore. So it's gonna be they
3: need to start basically like four and oh, or at worst three and one to have any shot of going over. Um, yeah. you know, the week one, honestly, <clears throat> against Andrews, keep pounding the funniest team slogan or hashtag of all time, Panthers. <laughs> um they like that's that's the one maybe they could drop and maybe versus Pittsburgh, but probably not both, because after that first four games, it gets like pretty relentless from there on out uh for the Browns. So you know, I think they're like a good core. I think there's a little bit of a Broncos thing going on here where their core is probably not as great as it was a couple of years ago because it's just taken them a while to get the quarterback thing sorted out, and it's just hard to keep that together. Like their offensive line has a huge hole at center right now. They've had a bunch of injuries there. I know they were hoping to be able to bring back um, uh, Corey Lindsley. Who's the center who just retired? Was it J.C. Treder? J.C. Treder. J.C. Treder. Uh, I'm getting my former Packer offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman mixed up there. But um, that's not happening anymore. So, you know, I think they still have a very good roster. I think it's certainly taken some hits since like two years ago, which, again, same deal as the Broncos, who had like this loaded roster. Then there's a lot of attrition. They're not as good. Then they get the quarterback. I mean, we'll see how good Watson even is. Again, he looked terrible when he first played with them. He's not going to be able to practice or get familiarity with the team down. I think it's really hard to come in mid-season as a quarterback and and be effective. We'll see. But yeah, I'm going to pound the over here or the under here, excuse me. Um I think they are they I think they I think they finished 4th in this division, quite honestly.
4: Good us see. You. First of all, put some respect on Sam Mills' name. Um keep pounding. <laughs> um second of all, uh I think there's I'm going the under, but I think there's a path to them actually starting the season well with Jacoby Brissett. He's not going to lose you games. He can be a game manager and just kind of settle in and and not have anything bad happen that's going to be catastrophic. Former classmate of mine, so again, biased, doing this all on vibes. I think it was a sociology class. Never spoke to him, but anyway, uh, probably fell asleep in that class. I did, not him. He was very studious and smart. Meanwhile, I was like, what the hell's going on? Um, but they start in, <laughs> in Carolina, which is a game coin flip game. Then you have
3: the Jets. That's Baker's six touchdowns that game. I don't know what you're I talking really, about. I Buddy, really, I really. Want...
4: I've I've got my tickets. I'll be in the building, <laughs> so
2: I'm gonna be doing my part. Uh, I want that Baker happen. to beat the bricks off the Browns, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's
4: that's that's the dream. We're all rooting uh, for K- that. So if they if they can withstand the Baker Mayfield onslaught. Uh, in week one, you've got New York, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Uh, there's a path to them being Florida and not having Deshaun Watson because I just think the Jets, Steelers, and Falcons suck that much. Uh, I don't think it's go- that's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm t- I'm just going to put all faith in my Panthers to get their season started off with an L and uh, send them on a down- downward spiral. But there's a path to them being... In a decent spot after four games, and being like, okay, and that and that just kind of carries them to some mid tier mediocrity where they finish like eight and nine. Right. Uh, I'm rooting for, I'm so I'm taking the under, and I'm rooting for the disaster scenario where just nothing goes right.
3: It would That'd be, be great. it would be maybe the best possible sh- scenario of them going over is they tear it up with Brissette, and then they're like reluctant to give it back to Watson, and they do, and they start losing, and there's like a whole we wasted all our money when a Jacoby Brissett guy could have made this team good enough. Like if they go over, I hope that's how they go over. Cause somehow Jacoby starts out like six and five or something, but um, yeah, I'm going the under, this is also the easiest team in the NFL to root against now, which they were the saddest. They were like you said, factory of sadness. I don't think anyone feels bad anymore.
2: Well, that's the thing is like, I I forget where I but Has there ever been a team in like pro sports in general that had built up so much goodwill as like the Browns did, like everybody kind of rooted for the Browns, right? They were similar to the lines that we, we just wanted to see them do something, see them succeed, see them win. And they do that with Baker Mayfield. And you're like, okay, you're building towards something, you're building towards something. And then they go and do just they, they nuke their culture. Yeah. And all of their goodwill amongst their like their non Browns fans. I was gonna and, say the
3: fans are in they standing ovation at camp, which is why people say, Oh, you shouldn't you should feel bad for the fans. No. No. I don't need to at all, actually. I don't know no. these people. Not, know even, not
2: even a little bit. But yeah, right. no. But still, it's just, yeah, it's insane. But to get off of that dump truck of a of yeah. person, the, uh, the pass catchers for the Browns are an enigma. They traded for Amari Cooper. And I like that move. I like the move, but we'll he's really yeah. their only pass catcher.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> Baker and OBJ just couldn't. Didn't yeah. didn't have the same the same water sign or whatever, so
2: <laughs> I don't know much about science. No, but yeah, I think it's gonna be tough sledding on uh the pass catching side of that. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm glad we're all under on the Cleveland Browns. Lastly, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which again aren't probably gonna be that good with we disagree. Uh, Really,
3: what's the? Is it seven and a half?
2: Seven and a half.
3: Over. I don't need to explain more than Mike Tomlin won't go under five hundred. Over.
2: Fair enough. I think uh, their defense is definitely good enough to win them games. Like I think that that initial matchup against the Browns early in the year that could be a really strong game for their defense just to wreak havoc on Jacoby Reset, and they might win that game because of it. Also, a Thursday night game on. Prime Video, which I'm sure we'll have like six people watching. (laughs) I'll be there. (laughs) But um, tough schedule. They face uh, Buffalo and Tampa back-to-back, which is tough in the early early part of the year, but as you look sort of into the second half of their schedule, relatively easy outside of Baltimore and and Vegas. They end the year with uh, Atlanta, Baltimore, Panthers, Vegas, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Baltimore twice and. Four weeks is going to be twice a month. Essentially, it's going to be tough. But yeah, I think Try trying to remember. I went over on Baltimore, over on the Bengals, under on Cleveland. I'll go under on Pittsburgh at like six or seven. I think I'll let them make it to seven and a half with Mitch uh, Trubisky. I'll, I'll I'll leave his nickname out of it. <laughs> uh leading the helm.
4: Uh, I'm going under as well. Uh, I think there's a first time for everything, and this is the first time Mike Tomlin has a season under 500. i uh, I'm also going predict to they, predict they get a random tie again. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just for vibes That's again. That's Pittsburgh Steelers uh,
3: football, baby. Let's go.
4: <laughs> yeah, my, my buddy's a Steelers fan, so I hope he's listening to this. Uh, they, they had a minus 55-point differential last year, despite their – nine seven and one record Yep, and they made the playoff made the playoffs thanks chargers uh yeah seriously um i I just don't i i don't think kenny pickett is the rookie that's going to come in and and give you immediate success and that means i guess you're starting the season with trubisky which i also does not do not think is a recipe for success for so for those two reasons i mean modern nfl it's 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 about the quarterback baby and so uh I, i have no faith in the Steelers when they finish um, 10, <laughs> six and one, with yep. their tie tied make the, the playoffs, playoffs again. Yep. You can, you can invite me back on here and I'll have, it'll be mea culpa season.
3: The, the thing with their quarter and I, we, we should probably move a little fast. So just real quick, the thing with their quarterback room, obviously not ideal. Pick it out a good preseason. I'm not super high on Kenny Pickett. I think we know Mitch Trubisky is like very mad best. The corpse of a terrible garbage person last year was probably still worse than either of those guys, and they still managed to have like an okay yards per game passing offense, just on like designed screens and three yard slants and nothing else. So it's not like they're going from even like the Saints with like late 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 career breeze could still at least move the ball. Right. Roethlisberger was awful last season, so I, I I'm just gonna roll with Tomlin until he gives me a reason not to
0: Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: That wraps up the uh, AFC North. And now on to what might be the most exciting division in football this year. I think I might have to tune in for every single division game out of the AFC West because they're all slated to just be slobber knocker, high-scoring games.
3: My bold take of the year is that we got four playoff teams out of this division.
2: I wouldn't be surprised.
3: I would be a Um, little just because the North is so good too, but
2: it's a bold take for a reason. Yeah, bold take for a reason. We will start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are at 10 and a half. And I think it's going to be an interesting way to see how you guys go about this, uh these over unders because they obviously have six games against their division rivals and all of them are set to be good. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. So ten and a half for the Chiefs. I'm going to go over. And they might be over for all of them to be honest, but who really cares at this point? But man, Patrick Mahomes is still that guy. Uh, they lose Tyreek Hill, but they still have Travis Kelsey. They get discount Tyree Kill. Like I mean discount like dollar store Let's clearance section. Here. Dollar store clearance section, Tyree Kill and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Same like role on offense to stretch the field and catch the deep balls. Doesn't have the uh, the rap sheet that Tyreek Hill has, but we'll back away from that. And uh, yeah, I just think it's gonna be another another good year for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes had his worst year ever last year, and they still made the playoffs and won that division. So it'll be uh, a good year in Kansas City. And hopefully Clyde Edwards-Hilaire shows some sort of development to help them get to that point. But uh, regardless, you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. You're making the playoffs.
4: Over. They have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, That's pretty much all you need to say. I'm
3: going under. Oh, oh, there we go. I'm going under. The loss of Tyreek Hill, you look at their schedule, even if you count both of the Raiders games, which I think is a little bit insulting considering how good the Raiders are now, there's like five games you look at and go, oh yeah, they should be able to easily win those. I think they're going to win more than five, but I just think you enter the realm of a lot of toss-up games, and I think, you know, Kelsey's very good. He's getting a little bit older, and we'll see how he holds up over the course of the season, but... You know, and the Packers still win a ton of games. They're in a much easier division, playing a much easier schedule with a much better defense. And we saw they had issues mostly about the playoffs with offense last year, with without the trusted options, and they still had Devonte Adams. So um, I think it's a really tough schedule. I mean, just to re- quickly go through: at Arizona versus the Chargers, at the Colts, at the Bucks versus the Raiders, versus the Bills, at the Niners. Versus the Titans versus the Jags. There's okay, yeah, you better win that one <laughs> at Chargers versus Rams, at Bengals, at Broncos, at Texans again versus Seahawks. Okay, yeah, that's that's the easy part versus Broncos at Raiders. Like between them being the first seed last year and getting some tough divisions, especially the AFC West, I just think it's a really hard schedule. And I'm not way under, but I think 10. I think they win 10. So between.
2: The AFC North. Then, I guess that'll be tough to. Yeah. You don't think you don't think the uh, the Bengals or the Ravens make the playoffs then? Like one of the two? I think
3: the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's a bold. The bold take. It's yeah. a bold take for them.
2: Right. All it, the AFC West teams going. Right. Andrew, oh, you already gave yours. I apologize. Yep. You already gave yours. Over. Yep. Over. So, moving on. Do you guys, where do you guys want to go next? You can go anywhere with that. Andrew, I, I, where you want to go? I, I need to double down and
4: add another hot take to this division Whoa. conversation because, uh, you know, I've I've had some optimism about quite a few teams on this list. The Ravens, the Bengals, um, another team we're going to discuss in a moment. Uh, I mentioned the Dolphins glowingly. So there's two teams in this division as well that we haven't mentioned that I'm going to talk about glowingly. So somebody has to come back to the pack. I have to just double down on somebody falling out of the playoff contention and making room for someone else. And that team is the Las Vegas Raiders, whose over-under is at eight and a half. I'm going at the under. They're going to be the bottom of this division. I know they have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Derek Carr. Uh, (laughs) If you need to know if he's on the level of other elite quarterbacks, just ask one person, Devontae Adams, and nobody else. Um, Yeah, this is just a numbers game. Uh, I, I have to do it. I, I understand that there's a lot of risk in this pick, but I am uh, I'm counting on the the Justin Herbert Chargers ascendance and letting Russ Cook in Denver is going to be enough to push the 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 Raiders down in the standings where I will be vindicated at the end of the season.
2: I think that has been my sentiment all off season too, like after the Russ trade and we kind of really got to look at it as to how this division is going to shake out. Is that the Raiders can be really good. I just think the rest of the AFC West is that much better and that they are going to be victims to just the intense uh, division schedule that they have. Two against the Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers is tough. Like The Chargers offense is going to be high-flying, as always. Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. And with Russell Wilson in Denver, I think that offense is going to, like you said, just ascend. So I think it's not anything against the Raiders that they are going to go under. It's just that everyone else is so much better. Like if you're initially, if you go worst case scenario and that they lose all six games against the division rivals, they're already at what? I can't do math right now. 11 and six. If they win all the rest of their games and they still have games against um, Tennessee, which will be somewhat tough, but then the Niners too, if to play Pittsburgh. So. It'll be tough. It'll be tough to get there for them.
3: Yeah, these teams get the AFC South, I believe, this year, which should be uh, beneficial. Or no, do they not?
2: Yeah, Uh, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be tough for the AFC South and good for the AFC West. I actually – I'm going to go – It's again, it's more in the middle than anything, but I'm going to go over on the Raiders. I think nine is probably the number. Yeah. I think they're the third best team in the division, and I'm really low on a different team that made a splashy acquisition this year. So I'm going to go over on the Raiders. I think the offensive line is certainly an issue, but if they can just be like a little below average, I think their offense can be big enough to win them nine games out of 17. Right. I think it'll
2: be... It'll be a fun year. We'll say that. It'll just be I mean, a fun year.
3: I think I think Derek Carr <laughs> is a... Top fifteen at least NFL quarterback. And they have a top probably five Two. group of skill position players total. Uh-huh. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, now the third guy. Small Hunter Renfro, not big country Hunter Renfro.
2: Jim rat Hunter Renfro.
3: Yeah. But I mean I think I think they're like if, if they can just keep carr upright, I think their offense is gonna be really special and their defense just has to be good enough. I don't trust Josh McDaniels, so that lowers them. From 10-11 like right. range to 9 range for me. He might not even be there by the start of the year. Who knows? He'll just poof, go away again. Go out for <laughs> a glass of warm milk or whatever Patriots people do and then disappear. But I'll take the over, <laughs> but just barely. Same with the Chiefs. Just barely over and under.
2: Right. Okay. Let's do the Chargers next. We'll leave the the, 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 the Broncos for last since they made their, their big splash in Russell That's Wilson. Right. So let's go <laughs> to the Chargers next. Um. This is one is is weird that they it's a it's a round number over under ten, so the Justin Herbert emergence I think is due I should say due it's gonna continue after what he did last year, and I think the one one of the bigger things that uh, plays against them is that they don't have fans, man. I was gonna
3: say that they're the Chargers and they always find a way to blow it. That's I think that what's too. really gonna play against them.
2: Right, like, for all intents and purposes, like, other teams have had more uh, elongated, abysmal stretches of football history, like the Browns. But none with this much talent. But none with this much talent, and none with this much heartbreak. Like, the Chargers go through a lot of heartbreak. (laughs) And that's where I feel for their fans, but I like the Chargers a lot this year. Austin Eckler is going to continue to be really good. Justin Herbert's going to keep on keeping on and just be the star quarterback he's shaping up to be. I really like the wide receiver room between Keenan and Allen, um, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer is third guy by decent margin, but he's still pretty good along with Jalen Gutton. But uh they have Gerald Everett too. I think it's going to be a pretty pretty good year for the Chargers. I might go push actually though, just because of those um of those division rival games makes it a little tougher for them to make it over that, that hump. I'm going push
4: as well. And they have an opportunity really early in the season for me to look really stupid because they open with Vegas uh, next Sunday. So that's kind of like a, a, a very interesting right off the bat measuring stick game, because if you're the chargers and you're going to push someone out of the playoffs, you need to win your games against, teams you're competing with and vegas is definitely one of those teams i think the one of the big keys for their offense taking even another step forward is if herbert continues to stretch the field like he does but limit the interceptions he threw 15 interceptions last year um uh, i always forget this team is in los angeles uh i i've probably called him san diego uh every other time i speak about them, um, <laughs> and. I might have even done the done that in this podcast. In my mind, they play at Petco Park, uh, a lot with Manny, <laughs> Manny Machado, and at some point Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, but yeah, push. Give me ten wins and a playoff for for the Chargers. Another step in the development of Justin
2: Herbert, and make me look smart when Vegas doesn't make it. <laughs> I think if they can just avoid just avoid being stupid, which is so hard for teams at times, they'll make the playoffs. All they had to do last year was not like rush whatever. Like I forget what the scenario was against the Raiders in the, in the final week, but all they had to do was just play for the tie and they, and they get in. And football, big head, dummy mindset played in and cost a playoff berth. Like I think Austin Eckler was talking to somebody on the Raiders and it was like, I forget like who like mouth read what he was gonna say, but it was like. Were you gonna tie? And the guy shook his head. And he went, "Yeah." And often was like, like, like slapped his head. He's like, "Oh, like, crap." And it's just like, man, like, just play the, this play it to make the playoffs. You got to build up your Macho Man persona just to win and say so you got it on your own, uh, your own merits. You should get in
4: that. That game was like so much. I feel sorry for the Chargers, but this is tremendous content.
2: That yeah, was just, the Darren O'Dell game. I,
3: I don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's where I think narratives start to work into this. I think the Raiders clearly made moves to get better. I think the Chargers, maybe a little bit, I'd say less dramatic moves. The Raiders were better last year while dealing with Henry Ruggs, while dealing with John Gruden and that whole situation. Henry and they Ruggs still was were
2: post, better. Wasn't Henry Ruggs postseason? Like after? No, that everyone. was going down during the year. Was it really? Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was like during the season, they had to release him in in the middle of the year. And now they they replaced him with Devontae Adams, essentially, in the wide receiver core. So I think the Raiders are just getting a little bit disrespected here with their number at eight and a half. The Chargers at 10. I'm going to go over on the Chargers. But again, it's by one. I think this division ends up being really close with everyone's records because they all play tough schedules and each other. So I'm going to go under just barely on the Chargers.
2: Khalil Mack being on the Chargers defense now with Joey Bosa is going to be that's a That's a
3: big one. Yeah, that's Hell a big one. For offenses. Yeah, it's
4: going to be. That just does nothing for me is why I just hate on the Raiders so much. i just
2: sorry. I think,
1: like, I think Adams I is going to find
2: milk. your house and come.
1: I, I and think, think he's Rand. the new Matt Ryan,
3: <laughs> quite honestly. I think that's where he is now.
2: I above, think he's like doll, dollar store Matt Ryan. Above average game manager, essentially.
3: Yeah, like if, if you drop him in the perfect situation, he could give you his top end result is like an MVP season and a shot to win yeah. it. But he's not going to, yeah. he won't do it by himself.
2: Yeah. No, I think that defense is it's tough, dude. That defense is, is our dogs. They're like up there with the Packers, and I think they're going to be the best defenses in the league. Derwin James is a star. Dante Juno is going to be a star. I think J.C. Jackson's also pretty darn good, right? If I'm not mistaken. Like he just signed a big. Not a big deal, but he signed an extension that was way below market value, if I'm having my signings correct. And I think his, uh, his age was mad at him for doing it because he could have gotten so much more from another team. But then Joy Bosa and Cleo Mack, I think they're just going to be good.
3: Yeah, there's health That's- concerns there. And despite having most of those players last season, only the Jets and Lions allowed more points per game than the Chargers. So yeah, we'll we'll see with their defense. I think it's, yeah. we'll, it's a we'll see for me.
2: Big, we'll see, energy. And so, that brings us to the last team in the AFC West. Broncos country. Let's ride. (laughs) Their big offseason splash and trading uh, for Russell Wilson and jettisoning uh, Drew Locke and Noah Font to the Seattle Seahawks. Again, uh, it's a push. Not a push. It's 10. I think they go 11, so I'll go over. I'm a big fan of their offensive weapons between Jerry Judy the year after the year after the injury for Cortland Sutton. Like I, I think that's like a new thing that we're talking about as NFL fans is that the year after an injury is always tough, but the two years after an injury is always a really good year. Javante Williams is still going to be a really good running back backing up or then Melvin Gordon, the third, backing up him. Uh Tim Patrick getting hurt hurts them a lot. He was a big stretch of the field guy. But uh, KJ Hamler is as good as a as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be good. I would probably say they'll be second in the in the division if my, if my memory serves me correctly. I had the Chiefs and then Chargers at a push, Raiders. Yeah, Broncos I think are second in the division.
3: I'll take the under. You- yeah, Ooh. I'm going for the under. A seven-win team adds a quarterback from another seven-win team in the hardest division in football. And they're now going to be a 12-win team. And I know that's an oversimplification.
2: I would say it's an extreme oversimpl- oversimplification. But, the last,
3: but Russ has been a, a fluctuating quarterback over the last few years. And maybe yep. he's just really good and the pass catchers mean it doesn't matter. And he's MVP Russ for a full season. But I would just like to see it. And I think this is a hard division to give someone the benefit of the doubt. They are another team who really needs to start like four and one or really you look to week seven or week eight. That's their their first half is easy. At Seattle, the Russ drama game versus the Texans versus the Niners is tough. At Vegas versus Colts, at Chargers versus Jets versus Jags. So you really want to see that they have to start, I think, like six and two if they are gonna hit the over. 'Cause then it's at Titans versus Raiders, at Carolina, at Baltimore versus Chiefs, versus Cardinals, at Rams, at Chiefs versus Chargers. Really a sprint to
2: the finish. So yeah.
3: you know, they had a good defense last year, but now they're without Von Miller, which they were for part
2: of last season. They were for part of the year. Yeah, they traded to the Rams. And
3: they, they were still a good defense overall, but I just feel like there's been and they who'd they just lose Tim Pat- Tim Patrick, yeah, I think Tim Patrick out for the year, which hurts. I think they'll be good, but I'm going to go under again. I think I think it might come down to tiebreakers, who's making the playoffs out of this division. I just think it's going to be close. And I'm low overall on the Broncos, I think, compared to most. But Russ yeah. himself could prove... If he looks like an MVP, they're clearly going to be over. I'm just yeah. not sure we're going to see it with this schedule.
2: Fair enough.
4: Over 11 wins. Uh, one of the issues that... um has been in Russ's careers. He's had a run for his life behind a terrible Seattle Seahawks offensive line, mm-hmm. Uh small sample size, but I've got one article from ESPN's analytics guy, Seth, Seth Walter. He has the Broncos offensive line rated as the fourth best offensive line in the NFL going into the season. If that ends up being true, then I think you have a, a Russ MVP form type season. We're just two seasons r- removed from a season in which he threw 40 touchdowns and led the Seahawks to a 12 and four record. Right. So I think that guy's in there. Um, and he's gonna, I mean, he, he's, the vibes seem to be good for him. He's the uh, the corniest man in football, but That's right. he's living, li- living his, living his best <laughs> life uh, going to the U S open with Sierra and just getting ready for the season. I think this is a, uh, a bounce back season for Russ last year was, was tough uh, yeah. f- for them in Seattle. And now he's got the second act of his career. And I think he's going to take it and run with it. We've seen veteran quarterbacks do it in Denver before. Sure. have. we're going we're gonna to see it again. Will it end with the Super Bowl? I don't know, but I, I think it's on the table the next
2: three to five years for them.
4: Yeah.
2: righty. That wraps up the AFC. I think the AFC is going to be fun this year with uh, all the storylines that are going to go. But let's move on to the NFC. I think this, might,
3: this might be quicker, just because the NFC is a lot more boring, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a
2: lot more boring. Let's start with the <laughs> NFC South. The oh most boy. boring of all of it. Oh and boy. just because we have our special guest on, Andrew, Carolina Panthers overunder is a 6. Where do you fall in on your, uh, your hometown team? So, as... Anyone that listens
4: to cruising for a bruising knows uh, my Milwaukee sports fandom and being just like locked into a team day after day. Or I say Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I made this mistake before in the Discord. Uh, <laughs> I know I know that Green Bay is not uh, near Milwaukee. I know this uh, because I looked into bus tickets to see the distance. But uh, you know, Brewers are 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 my main squeeze, and for uh, the rest of the teams. Like I say, they're my lovely side pieces. So the the Bucks and the Packers, they're they're my side pieces. And my main squeeze is the disappointing, usually Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm six wins. I'm going over though. Baker Mayfield uh, replaces a, um, a a Sam Darnold and PJ Walker combination that that happened last year. I think that ups the quarterback production. Baker's healthy after trying to play through injuries last year. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's back and healthy, uh, pretty good group of wide receivers when they're at their best. DJ Moore has quietly been one of the more productive receivers in the NFC over the last few years. And now, and that was with the, a lot of the quarterbacks I just discussed, um, on the defensive side of things, uh, worried about the defensive line depth, but you've got good pass rushers and Brian Burns and Eater gross Matos. Um, Another year of development for Derek Brown at tackle spot. I think the defensive backfield is really strong. Jeremy uh, Chin uh, at safety. J.C. Horn, who was their first-round pick last year, returns from injury at cornerback. He has looked fantastic in uh, camp and the preseason. I think he is going to be a, a, a shutdown corner for a lot of years if he can stay healthy. Uh, did just lose their really really good kicker, uh, Zane Gonzalez for the season. It looks like Eddie Panera replaces him. Um, so that was that's something that concerns me because one of the things you need to do when you're a team that's playing along the margins and not expected to do anything is get points whenever you can get points and be reliable there. Uh, Upgrades to the offensive line are probably what have me most uh optimistic. Uh, Iki Equanu I- uh, from NC State, my alma mater, uh, added to the left tackle. He's a rookie, so there should be growing pains there. Uh, Austin Corbett at right guard. Um, Brady Christensen moving uh, to left guard to pair with Aquanu Iqu- there to give some stability there. I think it just is going to level them up to – an area where they're in that seven win range, eight win range, and which will probably be the worst thing for them because their biggest weakness is that they are coached by Matt Rule and that might buy him another year. So I'm <laughs> often optimistic about the Panthers compared to expectations around the league, but I still think they're just not relevant. But I hope I'm wrong.
3: I'm, I'm, supr- I'm just going to go push quickly. I think it's, if assuming they go roughly three and three against the division, either yep. splitting with one of, New Orleans or, and Tampa, and hopefully getting both off the Falcons, although easier said than done. Um, they just have a pretty tough schedule outside of that. I mean, like Seattle and Detroit are in there, so those are the games you hope they would win. But a lot of tough games as well. I believe the NFC South matches up with the um, – I think they have a tough division they play against, the AFC North, <laughs> which is not easy. So that's why I'm just going to go push with six.
2: I'm surprised you didn't mention Christian
3: McCaffrey, Andrew.
2: I think, I did. like, did you? Oh, my, I, I, I just, apologize. I just,
4: uh, I glided past it as I also, I, I went you gotta be careful Christian with McCaffrey. That. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't want to say too much. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's like you're trying to feed a baby deer in your yard. And you're <laughs> like, I can't
2: move too suddenly. It's a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be a big variable for them this year. If he's Christian McCaffrey of old and manages to stay healthy find your nearest piece of wood i think they'll be better than six wins but it's gonna be again just kind of hard for them this year they have a tough schedule and as much as i want them to uh beat the bricks off the browns in week one i don't think baker mayfield is that guy you're crazy
3: motivated baker is the only good baker (laughs) but is motivated
2: baker going to be motivated? Week yes. 15 against. Oh, Pittsburgh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Week 14 against Seattle. Yeah. Like, I just don't know if he can maintain that chip on his shoulder.
4: I think he has to because he's
2: playing for a contract.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: That's that's a yeah. reason for optimism. But that being said, optimism means seven wins. So, well, <laughs> Andrew, of,
3: needs to, Andrew needs to use burners to send him like hate messages before every <laughs> game. So he's super fired up. Like, before the Seattle <laughs> game,
0: uh,
3: you know, Drew Locke's not even better than you. I bet you can't throw for two more touchdowns than Drew Locke this week. <laughs> Goes out there and those five yeah. touchdowns, cites the yeah. burner in the
2: in the pro <laughs> game presser. I I would be doing my part for the squad. <laughs> Talking about uh, yeah. a what a WhatsApp uh, message I got one night about telling me how I couldn't throw the ball fifty yards. Yep, I'll <laughs> I'll be at like five or six of these games in Carolina, and I really
4: just hope. Uh, I really just hope some of the the seven wins that I'm projecting there, or at least with me in attendance, so I can enjoy the season somewhat, except for when I'm watching the great
2: Packers on my NFL Sunday ticket. I think I'm pushing, pushing on six. It's it's a good line. Yeah. Uh, We'll go your other team next time. The saints, they get back Michael Thomas. Hopefully he's trending towards playing. Um, I think he played a little bit. He practiced pretty much all training camp. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, think I don't think he played the preseason. They just didn't but, yeah.
3: pre- preseason him, but I think, I think it was close to him potentially returning last year and they ended up just shutting it down to be safe, which is yeah. probably the right move.
2: So, but then it Winston coming back off of an injury and they added Chris Olave. I think it's Ol- Olave. Olave? Olave. Olave. My bad. Olave from uh, Ohio state, which is certainly going to bolster their wire receiving core. Uh, Seven and a half for your New Orleans Saints without Sean Payton. Hi, where are you at?
3: Uh, over pretty easily. They were five and two in the first uh, eight weeks of the season last year with the bye week in there. Despite Jameis only playing the first six of the seven games, Trevor Simeon was their leading passer in a win against Tampa Bay. And then from there, I mean, no Michael Thomas, no Jameis Winston. Obviously, they fell apart. Like, what would the Packers' offense look like without Aaron Rodgers and Devontae? Well, we'll see one of those. But, you know, right. it's just really tough to win without those. They actually end up four and one over their last five, although it was a pretty easy schedule with like Taysom Hill and Ian Book as the two leading passers in that stage. So, right. assuming they can stay healthier, I think they should easily be able to get to eight or nine wins. I don't think they're a juggernaut, but they look to have a good defense again. They should have a much improved offense. I could see them sneaking up even to 10 wins because it doesn't look like. A murderer's row schedule especially because they are in this division that's not the toughest and then you know they got minnesota they have seattle in there they have some good teams though for sure as well so yeah i think they're going to be closer to eight or nine than they were than they are seven or six
2: alvin kamar still exists too
3: yeah and it looks like he won't be suspended if ever for this latest thing until after the season for whatever reason which i guess works for the Saints, but. Um, yeah. yeah, another. They they have they have good players, I think, on both ends, especially defensively. So I I, I like yeah. their chances even without Peyton, to at least get to eight wins.
2: Yeah, this season is relatively simple too. Yeah, but they have a their bye week is late. Week fourteen is a late. Late bye week. So yeah, it is. And if they get injury play, that might come to bite them. But uh,
3: well, yeah, and especially you look at no bye, and then the three weeks before the bye are versus Rams at Niners at Bucks, like. That might be zero and three just because of fatigue slash difficulty in the schedule, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's. I think they can still rack up enough wins before that to get a couple in the last four games and be over
2: seven and a half. Right, I'm gonna agree with you. I think they go over at seven, seven and a half to eight or nine. Like getting to ten might be. I think ten is like their best case scenario, unless uh, Chris Olave is really standing out for them with Michael Thomas and their offense is just high flying. Um, yeah. I'll will say over.
4: I'll say over as well, and I think their team that if they start fast and if they can take down Tampa at home in week two,
3: they've had really good success against Tampa in the Brady era. It's except weird. in the playoffs. Except in the playoffs, unfortunately, weird.
4: And I think if they do that, they can stay in the division race conversation a lot longer. And so if it's a situation where at some point in life, we assume Brady's going to show his age or the age of the Tampa roster in general, if that slips them up, then they can be in a position to pounce. I still have this as Tampa's division, but I think the Saints might surprise some people this year. So I'm going over.
3: Should we just move to Tampa now? I think kind of fascinating without Bruce Arians now. The roster's older. Gronk is retired again? Have we heard?
2: Uh, he's retired again, but I just saw something yesterday that he might come back.
3: Yeah, he might just pull a Brady and, and skip all the the preseason work and then just show up. Yeah. Um, it seems like attrition is a little bit taking a toll here. I think they've lost some offensive linemen that could be a big deal. I think yep. due to free agency and injury.
2: Their um, line is obliterated right now.
3: It's kind of, it feels like the the, the badness of the NFC is just written into their line at 11 and a half, which I think is a little high to me. But I think I'm going to go under. Their schedule is like such a grab bag where I think they could definitely get 11, but I could also see 10 being very possible. So I guess I'll just out of pure spite, but like build in like negative outcome coin flips for them and say under, but it's probably still going to be like 10 wins and they probably still win the division.
2: I think it depends on... They could also start
3: 0-4. Yep. Which is a, th- a big deal.
2: I think it also depends on if Brady sucked the young out of his life, out of his kids' lives again this offseason, by kissing him on the mouth like he's known to do. Yep. I also think he, it's, he has a weird energy coming into camp. He, yep. was, he was not around all training camp, and everyone's like, where's Brady? Where's Brady? Is he the masked singer? Turns out, no.
3: But, what do you mean, got, turns out, no? We don't know that yet.
2: Somebody had confirmed that he wasn't. I'm pretty sure. but Of
3: course they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's...
2: Regardless. regardless listen, to Regardless of it all. I thought his snap at the reporter saying he's like, you he know, listen, man, I'm however many, 45, 44 years old. I got a lot going on in my life outside of football. It's like, yeah, maybe it's time to retire then. Like, we understand that there's... Shit goes on, but you lined up to play again. All because you probably... Uh, did it out of spite to make sure Adam Chapter doesn't announce your retirement. Like, I, I think if he gets to announce his retirement like he wanted to, he's not playing this year. I honestly, God, believe that. And because he's just I, that kind of.
3: My take is he saw how the NFC developed and that's why he's back.
2: I think it's pure spite, for Adam Chapter. Because, yeah. Because remember when it got announced, and Adam Chapter was like, yep, yeah. yeah, Braid retiring. And then everyone's like, no. Brady hasn't said that. And even yeah. as AJ was like, Brady hasn't said he's retiring yet. And then it came out, and then Chapter was like, What's up? Like, you, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that might have had something to do with it. But I think if we get to go back to the original point I was making, if we get like somewhat of a quote unquote prime Tom Brady, sort of how he's played the last few years, they'll, they'll be the best in that division regardless. They probably make that 11 and a half win mark. But, I think behind that line, it's going to be a lot harder than they think it is to get to that mark. I'm going under two just because their schedule is ruling. Like you had said, the first four games against Dallas at New Orleans, Green Bay, and Kansas City, if nothing goes their way, that's an 0 4. But they also have to face Baltimore and the Rams, San Francisco and the Bengals. Like they have a tough schedule. And
3: yeah, their first nine weeks at Dallas, at New Orleans versus Packers versus Chiefs versus Falcons like they really need to win that one at Pittsburgh, not an easy place to win at Carolina. Division games are never simple versus Ravens versus Rams, like that's probably up there with the hardest first nine games of any team in the league.
2: Yeah, luckily they get Baltimore and the Ravens at home, yeah, so that'll be Baltimore a and the Rams. Of, I apologize, yeah, Baltimore and the Rams, so we'll see, but. Yeah, I think it happens every year. This is the year time Brady goes down, or this is the year time Brady sort of regresses. We'll probably come to have, like, Andrew just said I made a couple at the end of the season, but um, I'm really intrigued to see the Buccaneers this year. I'm going under right at 11
4: as well. Um, someone from Anon just DM'd me and said Brady has been doing uh, ritualistic blood sacrifices with animals <laughs> during his time away to maintain his youthful appearance and play so I, I i haven't confirmed that That's just a <laughs> i just I, I just got so i don't i don't know can't confirm but uh that could explain his uh yeah. him being miss- missing but D- again, D- according to- and,
2: yeah yeah <laughs> who can say but to anon in my dms <laughs> it's, it's a good person to have on your side um all righty so then we'll touch briefly on the falcons under they Over under five and a half. Garbage under. franchise doesn't under. deserve anything under.
3: <laughs> they can't Andrew, pipe in. They can't pipe in wins. Only crowd noise. So under.
2: Andrew, do you have a take uh, as a fellow division rival? Of the Atlanta un, Falcons? Un, under. Miss me with this Marcus
4: Mariota renaissance. That's not happening. Uh, I'll be in the building October 30th bringing my own crowd noise, but I'll be rooting for uh, the team on the op- opposite sideline of the Falcons. Uh, but yeah, under for me. I think I think they're the worst team in this division. And if they're not, I'm going to have a
2: really tough <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also am going under. I think they're building towards something, but it's not including Marcus Mariota. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be pretty good. And Kyle Pitts is already pretty good. <laughs> He's yeah. shaping up to be the tight end Julio Jones. is catching all the passing yards and none of the touchdowns, which... As we reiterated last time, no one cares about my fantasy team, but I have my fantasy, so I'm hoping that I can change this year. <laughs> but other than that, there's nothing to be excited about on this roster. So, yeah, under. Should we do the East or the West? Let's do the East because the West. Uh, no, let's do the West. Let's do the West. Okay. I think the West or the East has a little more uh, option to be exciting, and I think the West is, isn't going to be that. We'll start with the bad team this time, just to get them out of the way. Yeah. The Seahawks at six. Ah. Under. <laughs> I think it's way under. I think they're bad. I think they're really
3: bad. They're in a good division, and they're just going to be really, really bad. Geno Smith won the job easily. Yeah. R.I.P. I think, to
2: Drew Locke's career. I think the part of the issue with that, with that number is that this article is from May, but six is still was oh. this?
3: Was it? Was it? That was not pre-Rust trade, is it?
2: No. Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, but still, six is. I don't, yeah, someone, the person who, the Brady Henderson, who like wrote his little prediction for the Seahawks, took the over, which seems like, I want whatever he's smoking, to think that this is going to be a seven-win team. But yeah, the, the only highlights outside of that team are, or on, on that team outside of. Other the team, I apologize, are DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And with Geno Smith throwing to them, not going to be fun.
3: Yeah, I think Pete Carroll's a dinosaur, and the league has passed him by.
2: I agree.
4: Andrew? Hard under, and they need to be under because they need to be in a position where they can draft uh, their next quarterback yeah. <laughs> in the next draft. Uh, yeah. is, is is Bryce Young draft eligible this year? Because I think it might be him. I think it might be might. Pretty sure he is.
2: Pretty sure he is.
3: They don't even have like a super easy schedule. I mean, they have Detroit and the Jets. But outside of that, I'm not looking at many teams where I'm like, oh, yeah. And the Giants. Outside of that, I'm not seeing that many teams where I'm like, oh, yeah. They're as bad as you are. Falcons, <laughs> right. I guess. That's four. <laughs> but I don't think they even win all four of those.
2: Right. I agree. Okay. Let's move on to the fun, more fun teams in the division. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, over under nine. I think what is really important. For this team is we have to see what their schedule is post october 31st is that hopkins nope that is call of duty release date oh boy so post october 30 they've played seattle <laughs> seattle the rams the niners the chargers bye week the patriots denver tampa the falcons the niners again that's a tough, hard end of the schedule. Memes it's tough aside. before that,
3: too, is the Seems problem. To
2: hide. Yeah, like they start with Kansas City, the Raiders, and the Rams. That's really hard.
3: And they have Philly week five, who is a lot of people's pick to win the NFC, or at least yeah. the NFC
2: East. Yeah, they could certainly go one and five their first five weeks. Yeah, I'm The honest- only win being the Panthers probably. Sorry, Andrew.
3: <laughs> we'll see about that. The Panthers might pound them. I'm going under. <laughs> I think I think they're not they're clearly not the worst team in this division, but they're also clearly not one of the top two in my opinion. And I know right. they've gotten better every year and this might be disrespectful to what they've done before. But I, I think the Niners are gonna be better and, and, and the Rams obviously are gonna be quite good again. So I'm I'm going under on the Cardinals, especially without Hopkins for however many games. I
2: think eight? it's six. Six or eight. Six or eight. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, i nine is... It's gonna it's hard to say under because they just extended Kyler Murray and they have James Conner at running back. Yeah, and, and they
3: clearly trust him because they tried to write in a clause into the contract that he has to study every week. I think yeah. bad
2: vibes, bad, bad schedule, okay team. Yeah, no problem. No problem. It was it's it's gonna be under for me at nine, solely because I think DeAndre Hopkins missing hurts them. They have Marquise Brown in the corpse that is AJ Green. Oh man. God. Yeah, they still have him. Um, I just think they have a really tough schedule. And I think if they don't make the playoffs here, there's going to be shakeups, big shakeups in Arizona.
4: I'm going with a push mm. for this. I'm, go- I'm going nine wins, nine and eight, but they just barely missed the playoffs. And the vibes are bad, but not bad enough for Kingsbury to, to get fired. Is that That's, good or like, bad it, for them? That's it. It's the Matt Rule conundrum for the Panthers, where it's like, uh, we we can't fire this guy, but where are we going? And I think it's just another year of kind of just okay play. Yeah. And, uh, the the video game release date, another thing, you know, a lot working against him this year. (laughs) I, it's, it's funny, but I kind of feel bad for Kyler to an extent. So I hope he plays well. I like watching him play when he does play well, but, uh, you know it's gonna be great content to to check in on for NFL podcasts around the country.
2: I'm sorry for the Arizona Cardinals. This is great content. <laughs> I think it's going to be I, the midseason hard knocks is going to be must watch. It's going to be fun. What do you mean the midseason? The hard knocks starting last starting last year doesn't just do preseason anymore. They have a midseason. Oh my god, is insane! They, Who was last year? How did I not hear about the Colts? Oh, uh, that's
3: why no one cares about the Colts.
2: <laughs> right, but they lost at they at the end, so yeah. I I didn't watch it. But yeah, the the season hard knock starts again right after it's it's that push that we said is grueling for them. The the um Seattle Rams Niners Chargers it starts right about there. It's gonna be some good hard knocks content. We might see Kyler Murray throw a controller. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on to the uh, elite teams in this uh, division. We'll go to the Niners since we'll leave the Super Bowl winners for last. The Niners Niners are at 10. Um, Moving on to Trey Lance starting, presumably, considering... Well, I I saw a little hesitation from Andrew there, so... Trey Lance uh, most likely starting the season for the Niners, you'd assume. If they waited all this time to make Jimmy's weird contract and then start him, it's just a conundrum as to what they're even playing towards so since you since you emailed it andrew where do you have uh where do you have the niners this year oh
4: gosh this is the toughest one on the board for me because they are a good team and i just do not know what to think about trey lance right now and if you told me by week four jimmy g is starting just to salvage a season, i wouldn't say that that's out of the realm of possibility just because Lance has not played a lot of football in the last few years uh, because of uh, the COVID schedule with his uh, college career. And then obviously uh, last season, he, what did he throw 71 passes? And I think has had moments where he's looked really exciting and really good and something that you can project into the future. And then you hear all the stories about him struggling in camp and it's, it's not going well. And now you have the, the weird Jimmy G contract thing going on. And I mean, there's, there's just a possibility that they find themselves in a position where it's not working out with Lance a few weeks into the season. They just have to say, all right, one last ride with Jimmy G and see what happens. All that being said, I think this roster and this coaching staff is good enough to To get the job done, the over/under we have here is right at ten. I'm going to take the easy way out.
3: (laughs) Well, no, you know what? I'll
4: I'll take the the hard way out, and I'll go eleven wins over. Wow.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm higher on them. I'm also going to go over. I think they actually kind of lucked out schedule wise. I mean, they start with Chicago and Seattle. They also have, sorry, Andrew, Carolina. They have Atlanta. Obviously, the Arizona games, we, we like for them. We like the Seattle games. They get Miami, Washington, and the Raiders as well. So I think they can hang with pretty much anyone in the NFL. I think they have a lot of games against teams so I think they should be able to handle. A team with a good defense. And I think Lance maybe is not, probably is not as good of a thrower as Jimmy G, but may help the offense more anyway, just from the running threat, raising the, the ceiling of that offense. And we know this is an inventive offense. They move Debo around. I think they're going to be able to do a lot of things. Not anymore. Really? Well, we'll the, see.
2: Part of Debo's contract is that he he gets bonuses for every rushing attempt he gets, and if he has like one rushing attempt, he gets like a million dollars.
3: They they can afford it. Um, <laughs> I I think I think they'll use him. He'll get fairly compensated just fine. They have good running backs too. But yeah, uh, I'll, I like the over for San Fran. I think there's a shot they win the division. Uh, I think them and the Rams are going to be pretty close. Yeah. Again.
2: Yeah, I think it's going off of Andrew's point of that. If by the Carolina game, they started to go to Jimmy G. That would be surprising, but not unexpected. I think they have to start two and zero. if Trey Lance can't beat the Bears or the Seahawks, there is a problem and you cannot throw Owen two or one and one Trey Lance to that Denver defense. That's just brutal, unusual punishment.
3: I would and lock so, them in at two and oh. To be quite yeah. honest, I don't think there's any shot. Maybe I'm Seattle not... just for the division weirdness, but...
2: Right. Again, I'm not going to lock it because I'm, I'm not that confident. I'm lock, stock, and barrel. Lock,
3: stock. mortgage I don't have on it.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I think if Trey Lance is proven to be the, uh, the quarterback that the Niners think he is, it'll be a good season for the Niners. They have... I'm not going to say a simple second half schedule, but they kind of luck out in that after their bye week in Week 9, they go... Chargers, Cardinals, uh, Saints, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seattle again, and then the Commanders, the end of the season with the Commanders, the Raiders, and Arizona. So it should be three winnable games for them to yeah. end the year. I think what uh I think it was what Andrew said is that the roster around them is incredible. Like their specialists in uh Ebo and that running back room, along with their defense, that up this to be a good season for the Niners it's always the quarterback though you ha- if you don't know and not aren't certain what your quarterback it'll be games that you should be winning might be losing and causing some strife So we'll see yeah but i think what 10 i will go over at 11 yeah 11 12 so and now the right Your now. Super Bowl winning Rams. Somehow only 10 and a half. Yeah,
3: game less than the Bucks.
2: Yeah, which is interesting because obviously they lose Von Miller. They haven't re-signed Odell. I'm pretty sure he's going to re-sign in L.A.
3: Been linked to the Packers, baby. Also not healthy yet. I think he's going to wait a couple of weeks to make his decision.
2: Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's still recovering from the ACL he tore in the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes he's been he was linked to the packers last year uh, if we'll get to that when we talk about the packers in a little bit but wherever he goes will be interesting and i think he might go back to the Rams simply because sean McVay might come to his house and make him this is one of my favorite like offseason storylines is that uh odell crashed sean mcveigh's wedding and they asked him about it in minicamp they asked sean mcveigh about it in minicamp it's like oh i saw you odell was that your uh, your wedding. Does that mean he he's resigning as part of the team? He goes well. Actually, he wasn't invited, and I told them before that if he does crash the wedding, he has to sign with the Rams. So there, we go. there you go. A little bit interesting to see what happens, but um, that team is still going to be good. Um, as a former staunch Matt Stafford uh, depreciator, I'll say I didn't really think he'd be that good for the Rams. Um, I'm happy he won last year. Just uh, to see a, a nice guy like Matthew Stafford get the uh, get his ring that he that he deserved after putting in his time in Detroit. Um, I think they went from Odell to Allen Robinson, which is going to be uh, helpful for them. They went from half a season of Odell to now full season of Allen Robinson.
3: Also, I lose think, Robert Woods though.
2: Yep. Oh, it'll be an, it'll be interesting, but they still Cooper Cup, and yep. I think Allen Robinson coming from. Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields to Matthew Stafford is going to be a big help for him. I think he's going to uh, go back to the player he was before and be a pretty good wide receiver for them. Cooper Cup winning the Triple Crown last year is going to be hard to replicate, but regardless, I think he's still going to be Cooper Cup and lead them uh, to the playoffs without a doubt. So... Ten and a half, I think I'll go solid over. I think they get
4: 12. I'm going to go over as well. Tough start to the season with my Buffalo Bills next Thursday night. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, everything you just said. And also, uh, this team has Aaron Aaron Donald on their defense, and that's a pretty good thing to have because he's good. Uh, Stafford, all i'm just coming out here just like saying a lot of controversial things that people are afraid to say like <laughs> aaron donald's good josh allen's good like guys i'm here i'm here to stir up controversy just you know to get those hate listens but uh they were what 12 and 5 last year so i'm I'm comfortable taking that over i think there what was there some conversation about worried about stafford's health and having some shoulder stuff that's mm-hmm. the big the big what if 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 anything goes wrong there i don't think uh i don't think they're in a a position to overcome that but it sounds like a lot of that was just noise who's their backup quarterback is it still john walford i could um i believe it is so yeah if if it gets to a situation where stafford's out and walford has to play a a number of games that might bump them back but if if that that shoulder issue with stafford is just nonsense and he's fine then i think this is another great year don't know that they'll repeat because i think they've got you know some teams in the nfc that i like a little bit more um Mm. who might might make a run in the super bowl but we'll talk about
2: that later they play they have the hardest schedule yeah they have a lot of marquee games i was looking at the schedule they have one noon game wow they have one noon game and it's against new orleans uh the week before thanksgiving but they play a lot of what is going to be fun games this year. If the Rams are good, there's a lot of must-watch TV or must-watch football here. Obviously, Week 1 against Buffalo, that's going to be really fun. The Niners is Monday night on uh, Week 4. The Niners again um, in Week 8. Kansas City, Tampa, Vegas, Green Bay, Denver, the Chargers. They have a lot of fun games and against good teams. So I'm taking think, the under. Yeah, I can see that.
3: Um, At 10, squarely, but the the Stafford pitcher's arm thing is concerning. I think quarterback already can be sometimes prone to throwing interceptions. That could certainly feed into that a little bit, and that's like just a couple of giveaways that can flip games against already really good teams. Um, I think they're still going to be good, and certainly in the playoffs and and contending for the division, but I think I like the Niners a little more this year, Uh, although the Rams certainly do have a lot of star power.
2: I'm actually going to change up pick. I'm going under. Under I after I after I see <laughs> after I see how tough their schedule is and how many marquee games they play I don't think they win all those marquee games and it'll be tough so yeah I'm gonna go under a ten like you did. Sean McVay made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff so That's I'm fair. just gonna I'm gonna keep believing in him until uh fair enough until logic proves I shouldn't <laughs> fair enough and now what you've all been waiting for the NFC North no. It, East. What do you mean no? East. Oh, we did do east. My bad. My yeah. apologies. We spent a lot of time in the <laughs> west. Ooh, a jump we, gotta, thing we under. gotta blow through the east. We got. We have to. Cowboys so, under ten and a half. Uh, yeah, under. Mike McCarthy is never gonna have my. Cowboys mine. over for me. Wow. Over. Yeah. What? We're not being fast anymore. What? What? What intrigues you about the Dallas Cowboys that you're going 11 wins for Jerry uh. Jones beloved Cowboys? they won 12 games last year right yep i think i think
4: i think the their division sucks i don't think there's another team that'll be over 500 in the division wow
3: did you forget about the philadelphia eagles
4: yeah i don't like them i don't think they're good i don't care i think they're eight and nine so wow there uh i'm i'm a Dak prescott believer as well um I think they win eleven games. They have a bad division. They lose in the uh, the first round of the playoffs. Lost to
3: Mari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Connor Williams, and Lyle Collins. I'm was going their way left out tackle? There.
2: They just they just they just lost Collins, right? Yeah, Lyle okay. Collins. Yeah,
3: I think based on last year, they have the easiest they have an schedule, schedule in football. Yeah,
4: That's, and and you heard it here first, the Eagles. So. Wow. <laughs>
3: Wow. We got to go Eagles after this. But yeah, I'm sticking yeah. with under. I, I think I'm Dak is very situation dependent. I think the situation
2: is worse now. Yep. I'm also going under. Micah Parsons
3: it's, is a beast though.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going under and I'm just shortly under at 10. But the. The loss of Amari Cooper is going to be tough, but CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup being there is still going to help. But one of those guys is injured, I think. Oh, oh, Michael Google, Gallup Google. is coming off of injury. oh that's what it is okay so um yeah I'm just I'm so surprised that you said under uh, uh, Andrew oh said said over what? no for the I'm sorry for the Eagles oh, yeah. I'm moving into the Eagles I'm, I'm done with the Cowboys. Yeah. McCarthy is dead to me they won't do anything except against for quite some time yep under nine at the Eagles Andrew yeah yep what in the uh, world uh I'm looking at their schedule regretting <laughs> it now but i'm I'm gonna count
4: them out yeah. All right. They're losing they're gonna to lose to they're gonna to lose to the trash Minnesota Vikings on Monday night football. They're gonna to lose to Arizona, Dallas twice. They're gonna to lose to Pittsburgh, who I already said I don't like. They're gonna to lose to Indy, Green Bay, Tennessee, and New Orleans. How many is that? Did I, I get Don't tonight? even know
3: if that's enough for you. Yeah. Oh man.
4: <laughs> under. Under you Just, I, was, like I said, this is all to... vibes. Go ahead. Go ahead. All vibes. No logic. But what are we saying? They're gonna you said they're
2: gonna lose to Minnesota, yep. And uh,
4: then Arizona, Dallas twice. Okay, it's four. Pittsburgh, five. Five. Indianapolis.
3: Six. Six. Green, Green Bay. Seven. seven. Tennessee. Oh, that does get to nine. Tennessee and New and Orleans. That's nine,
2: that's nine and eight.
3: No, no and New Orleans. Uh, and, then and then
4: they're gonna lose. Uh, yeah, and New Orleans. That's nine.
3: Okay. Boom.
2: I, I need, wouldn't say that's
3: way it. under, but. <laughs> I think this, this line's probably moved since this is an older article. I'm sure it's higher now after they got, yeah. um, or maybe not that much higher, but they got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I think they had a good draft. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going over. I think they win the division. I think they could be a real threat in the playoffs. But it'll all depend on Jalen Hurts. But um, that's a, a long combo that a lot of people are diving into. I think we just need to wait and see. Decent year. You know, the rushing threat helps their their ceiling. A.J. Brown should help him. Uh, Yeah, I like the Eagles. They're all in. I think they have Howie Roseman is really good at his job. I think they probably win like 11 games.
2: Yeah, I am also going over. I think what is going to be really critical for them is making sure that those wide receivers and running backs actually make the strides they need to. The running back room has always been an enigma since, uh, I think it was, what, DeMarco Murray. Was there? I oh, don't know, he went to the Titans. I figured who their last really good running back was. But Miles Sanders told people not to draft him in fantasy this year, which is like kind of weird saying that like he doesn't think he be involved in the offense when I think he might be the best running back they have. But then Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are going to be in the mix, too. They got they also signed Trey Sermon, who was the standout uh, backup for the Niners the last few years. But it's going to be really, really important for A.J. Brown excuse me Devonta Smith and Zach Pascal to be good wide receivers particularly Devonta Smith he needs to be an all pro level wide receiver opposite of AJ Brown to make sure that they both have success receiving the ball like
3: he's obviously not going to be an all pro level wide receiver there's what two or four in like the NFL th-
2: something like that he doesn't have to be that pro, pro bowl no, he doesn't I think he does. Why? Because Zach Pascoe, when he played for the Colts, was extremely streaky. And he like sometimes would drop four or five balls or catch two touchdowns. And I think they need something consistent outside of Devonta Smith. Or I'm sorry, outside of A.J. Brown. Because he's A.J. Brown's obviously going to get the number one uh, corner, right?
3: I mean, they have Dallas Goddard.
2: Yeah, it's. It's a good, he's, good tight end.
3: I, I think he's, that's a I think you have a really high bar for what offenses need when you look at other offenses in the league and what they actually right. have.
2: But no, for predicting like what a lot of other people are predicting the Eagles to do, which is win the NFC East for sure and then win the or the, the conference. It's going to be important that their specialist players are showing out. Like yeah. Devonta Smith was a I forget where he got picked, but he was a high draft pick for them. And he was picked 10 last year. And I think he needs to continue his trend upwards. Last year, he had 64 receptions for 900 yards and five touchdowns. I expect him to have almost 100 receptions. Probably. There's no
3: way he's going to on a team with A.J. Brown.
2: Why not? Because that's, that's... why not? Why, why can't they have like both get near 100? Why can't like they have that?
3: two guys lead the league in touchdowns and receptions? Because this one, that's how it works.
2: <laughs> I think that I don't has a team ever had two guys with a hundred receptions? I don't know. I would bet one of the Brady years, uh Maybe. With Evans and Godwin might have.
3: Or Welker and somebody because Welker just yeah. caught a billion passes.
2: Right. Regardless, I just have high expectations for that offense. And in order to achieve that, they have to make sure their uh receiving core lives up to uh, what they're expected to do.
3: Yeah.
4: Listen, cheesesteaks are dope. Philly's a great city, <laughs> so still let me back in your city, Philadelphia. Don't also, please Rose don't throw batteries. Please don't throw batteries at Andrew. We
2: love them. Uh, We
4: don't, don't need them hurt. I, I uh, I've been to the link for an Ar- Army Navy game. Nice setup in like a little uh, area with all of the the major arenas. They've got uh, Wells Fargo, Citizens Bank, right in the same area. There's like a Big food and drinking area right in the middle so you know i'll yeah, go that's... to an eagles game and then just root against them just so that like i so that i can be proven right by
2: this impulse take based on no data it's a dangerous place <laughs> to do that um we'll gloss over these next two teams uh giants over under a seven under I'll go under. under under i don't think Dan jones does anything note this year commanders seven and a half under
3: they have a really easy schedule so I could see them ending up at 8 and 9 um but I am a Carson Wentz hater so I'll go under
4: same I'll go under uh Carson Wentz uh being the hope to turn around your franchise it's not great so yes That's the yeah. Colts
3: about it
2: the uh the commanders having Antonio Gibson, and then subsequently hating him and putting him only on punt returns is going to be an interesting narrative throughout the year. He he got, he, got, he lucked out with the unfortunate uh, news of Brian Robinson's uh, attempted robbery injury when he got shot. Yeah. But that'll help his case, as weird as that is to say. But I think it's weird when you're taking one of your better running backs in Antonio Gibson and being like, yeah, you, you just can't cut it even on the running back roster's returning kicks. So... Yeah. It'll be a interesting season for them. I could see Again. them
3: going over, but I'm just going to guess under.
2: They have another... They're one of the other teams that has a late bye week at week 14, so... Yeah. That's gonna be Hard for them. Alrighty. Now, on to what you've all been waiting for. Finally. The NFC North. We're our beloved Packers. Should we start the Packers first or, or end with them? Save the best for last, baby. Yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Well... We'll put the worst at the front.
3: I actually think there's not going to be too much drama in any of these, save no. maybe one.
2: We'll start with the worst: the Chicago Bears. That's worse than uh, opinion, not not over. I was going to
3: say it's not the worst on this on this sheet here.
2: I had to put the Bears first. It's a, a matter of morals and ethics. Over under a six and a half, and Justin Fields has a sophomore season. They lose Allen Robinson. I believe they're obliterated at wide receiver. Yep. I think Kyle Harry is hurt. Um, who's their other receiver that got hurt I don't know I forget who it was but yeah it'll just be it'll be a tough season for him oh Darnell Mooney he got hurt which is like their wide receiver one so Dave Montgomery's still good that defense gets worse without Cleo Mack then potentially
3: without uh Roquan Smith who wants out
2: he's still gonna play this season he said he's not gonna do contract negotiations in season but yeah Roquan Smith being awful on the vibes isn't going to help Yeah yeah six and a half. I'm hitting the under. I will unless Justin Fields has some sort of miraculous jump. I don't see the the uh the vision for them to get to six and a half.
3: yeah, it doesn't seem like the new regime there cares about him because they basically did nothing to help him on offense um with either the line or the skill position players. You know, Nikhil Harry, who's now hurt, doesn't really count as a big move to help your your young quarterback. I would take the under on four and a half. I think they're going to be dreadful. Uh, So easy under here. Andrew?
4: Oh, I'm uh, I'm going under. I think uh, (laughs) they drafted a guy that could have been a competent NFL QB, and now they're proceeding to ruin him, and it's sad to see. uh, Just no reason for optimism right now if you're a chicago bears fan and i know
2: i know what that's like so it's relatable (laughs) they didn't have a first round pick this year which is so awful for them the raiders had it oh is that the last of the mac yeah i think it was the last of the mac one of them it was i know it was from mac so yeah that's tough for them because they're they they need some sort of a, a high pick so yeah under for all of us next up is the detroit lions I'm Detroit Lion pilled after watching Hard Knocks. I want the Detroit Lions to be everything they can possibly can be in this world. That, short of being better than the Packers, Um, another team I think is really building towards something special, but is still limited by their quarterback.
3: And they're just generally far away from it. I think.
2: You think so? Yes. I I I'm not huge on DeAndre Swift, but I think he's good. I'm big on T.J. Hawkinson. Jamison Williams, when he comes back from injury, is going to be a stud, just like all the other Ohio State wide receivers to come out of Ohio State. Um, Amron, Ross, St. Brown, stud, in just his sophomore season now. I think they're getting there. They're really getting there. And it's a matter of, do they try to keep Goff for the long term to see what he can do? Or do they continue to be somewhat mediocre the next few years and then maybe trade some draft picks to jump and get a quarterback in the draft. I large.
3: don't think they're gonna need to trade draft picks to draft a quarterback in an upcoming NFL draft. They were the eighth worst offense and the second worst defense last season. I don't think they've done enough to change those things. I like the vibes. I like the direction. I don't think they're I don't think they're there yet or even trying to be there yet. Because clearly Goff is not that guy. I think he's like right. three and seventeen without Sean McVay. So right. it's six even is the line. I'm going easy under. The vibes are good. The team is not good.
2: My point being about trading up is that a lot of times, like the best quarterbacks go one-two. I don't yeah. think I don't think they're one-two, like worse in the league. We'll see. Yeah, like I think the Falcons are measurably better. I think the Bears are measurably. Or I'm sorry. I think the Falcons are measurably worse. The Bears are measurably worse. The Seahawks are measurably worse. And that right there is three. And so if there is a high quarterback uh, class this year, that's at least one team that needs a quarterback. That'll be drafting them there. So yeah. Uh,
4: I'm going under for all the reasons Ty said. Basically, yep. don't forget the one tie that he had in there. Ty, uh, Jared Goff, three seventeen to one.
3: I really, really, really tie. discount, really, really undersold him there. You really, I, you knew,
4: I love ties so much. I <laughs> windish. I love ties uh, in NFL games. Just Tyrone Taylor, you love. Yeah, I love. I love
3: Tyron Taylor.
4: At least I'm right now, as we
3: record on on Sunday here.
4: Yeah, yeah, he had a he had a good game last night. I was pleased. Uh, yeah, not not in on the Lions. I'm in on Dan Campbell as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As like a theory of <laughs> of a guy that could turn around a uh, yeah. downtrodden franchise. But I just I don't see it this year, especially. I think the golf thing is tough because he's he thrives in situations where he literally just has to exist within <laughs> a system that. It's built for everything to go right, and I don't think
2: that's a, Lions,
3: a Lions team. Not yet. No, he is stewarding this until they can find a guy. It seems pretty clear.
2: I, I think I'm going to go push. I think they beat the Commanders. I think they split one of Minnesota. I think they split one of the Bears, as they always do. I think they can beat Seattle. And then the Giants they can beat, and Jacksonville they can beat. They also have the Jets in there too. So they can drop one of those things in there. And they also play Carolina. But like, I think they could get to six if they um, keep making those jumps that their players need to make those jumps for. Um, Moving on, the Vikings. They're the biggest quote-unquote threat to the Packers in this division. Um, Kirk Cousins still leading the way over there. Um, For
3: years to come.
2: For years to come. It'll be a, a nice uh, shot in the arm, we'll say. And Kirk Cousins isn't in Minnesota, so we can actually maybe work towards something with Justin Jefferson. Um, little peel back behind the curtain. I am, by by marriage, a Vikings fan. So it hurts to have the semi-root for him, but happy uh, wife, happy life is what they say. And so we're hoping that the Vikings get to nine wins. Kirk Cousins is going to be the biggest can-they-do-that part of the the, uh, equation. I still just don't believe in him as anything more than a like, mediocre average quarterback. Yep. But adding Jalen Rager to the receiving core is going to help. Are we sure? It'll help a little bit. Will it? If he's not getting the number if just, one If he or or starts two, to be good. Finally?
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If he just becomes a good wide receiver, I guess it would help. You could say that about a
2: lot of guys. I wouldn't say he had the... He was still getting, like, one and two level cornerbacks in Philadelphia. And with the Vikings, he'll get um, the third, like, cornerback, which I think helps a lot for him. And if you can get Thielen and Jefferson over the middle and then stretch Rager to send them down the sideline every play... You might end up having a good season that way i'll I'll go push just because I have to, and that's where I'll leave that.
3: yeah, I don't have to be nice to the vikings I, I it seems like their new structure is pretty competent um overall the the changes they made in coaching and front office this off season, but I'm gonna go slight under. um I think they're solid, I think they have a not an easy schedule against a lot of good teams, and i just i I see them being a team that usually handles business with teams that are obviously worse and struggles to beat teams that are better. If I had to guess, I would guess 8 and 9, 9 and 8 would not surprise me, but I definitely don't see them going double digit wins this year, so I'm going to say under, but a push would again certainly be in the range of outcomes.
4: Right. right. I've got him 10 and 7, so slightly over. Oh, wow. Um Kurt Cousins is one of those guys that's so fascinating because I hate him so much, but he's just like pretty good and it's yeah. i want to i want to shit on him all the time yeah and i go look at, at his numbers and it's like he had 33 touchdowns and seven picks last year uh his career is fascinating because he's just like as bl- his career is as bland as he is in that for <laughs> his car- first career he's 59 and 59 and two got to get those two ties in there with the 60 66.9 completion percentage 223 TDs to 91 picks, and his three Pro Pro Bowls has never won anything meaningful. So it's just like he exists is kind of how Kirk Cousins is. I Like you said, I think there's some, uh, I guess, uh, adults in the room and organizationally now. Ty, I guess, would be the best way to put it. I mean, Kevin O'Connell's probably a competent
2: head coach. Um,
3: I thought Zimmer was actually solid too, but...
2: I don't think he was. I think he was. I think he was what he, Carroll is going to be this year. I think he, the NFL passed him by. And I
4: uh, I think what Ty said is kind of what it is for me. It's like, okay, are you playing the Lions at home? Yes. Okay, you take care of business against them. When you're matched up against someone that you clearly have the talent advantage over, they're going to take care of business. And then they're going to do things like go 0-2 to the Packers. Uh, lose to the Cowboys and just like lose to those teams that are just like one level above them. That's kind of right. what I'm feeling for the Vikings. Yeah.
2: Also, yeah, I think just health will be big for them. If Dalvin Cook can stay healthy and Justin Jefferson and the receiving core can stay healthy, it'll be good for them. And last and certainly the best, the Greenway Packers. We are late at eleven wins. Kinda crazy. Kinda crazy. But It kind of makes sense, given that they lost Devontae Adams and there isn't really a lot to prove or a lot to get excited for at the receiving level right away. Like, there's stuff to be excited for for the future. But for this season, it's how are we going to navigate missing Devontae Adams and missing a real playmaker to start the year at receiver? Is Alan Lazard that? He very well could be. But we just don't know yet. And... I likened I've said this before on this podcast. I've likened this team to what the um Super Bowl winning Broncos were with Peyton Manning, to where the defense is really gonna carry them this year. And if they can make it to the Super Bowl, it'll be because somebody is showing out in the receiving quarter, like Demarius Thomas was for the um Peyton Manning Broncos. And so it'll be it'll be good, I think. I think I'm hitting over for sure because I'm confident this team is going to be better than advertised, especially at the receiving core. But for their hard games, I only count a couple. And Yeah, it's...
3: They, they got AFC and NFC East for their out-of-division division teams, which there's a couple hard teams in there, but there's also yeah. a lot of very winnable games. And I think the North, if you look at North Sands Packers, it's probably the widest talent gap any division any team has with the whole rest of their division
2: right exactly so like the only hard games they have are at tampa at buffalo and at philly and then they have the they play the rams at home in week 15 so out of their 17 games four of them are really tough the only they're, those are the only ones i see them having a chance to lose if that makes sense the other ones they have right they have they have played dallas and tennessee before they play the eagles but i see them winning both those games handedly the rest of their games and their other 13 games outside of my listed i think they should just win easily like they yeah. have a chance to win those those four that i listed are the ones they could lose which inevitably leads us back to matt lafleur only being able to win 13 games this season which is a good problem to have yeah so, you think i um... think <laughs>
3: And I think, too, how it usually goes, right, is they go two and two in those hard four games and then drop a game or two that you would expect them to win, which is typically how it goes. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think easy over 13, funny enough, is a pretty good number here, but 12 wouldn't shock me. 14 would be surprising. I think 14 would be pretty surprising, but 12 or 13, I think, feels, feels the safest here.
4: I'm going over and I'm having them at 14 and three on. The yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think they're going to be the one seed in the NFC. Get the get the buy there. I think Aaron Rodgers uh, came back and stopped, you know, flirting with potentially leaving, retiring, whatever it may have been to prove something, even though he, he has nothing to prove. And I think him doing this with a like coming out and just having a massive season with an unproven wide receiver group is something just to another box to tick on his resume and something that maybe drives him to give a little more credence to the, to the regular season, even though the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, obviously they cleaned up or they plan to clean up special teams issues. So that won't be a thing that, uh, I'm seeing on Twitter with people that I follow for bucks and please, reasons. And, and I'm just seeing that. A, a deluge of tweets about special teams. Uh, I don't know. I, and I think to your points, the the schedule sets up well for them. They've got those marquee games. And I think those are also games that someone driven like Rogers will <laughs> want to win as kind of uh, another feather in his cap as he's, I mean, what he's doing at the end of his career. And He may not say this publicly and it might, might be all good vibes and yelling about media stuff, but like you're at the end of your career, same thing that Tom Brady's doing, but you're padding your legacy and you're adding things that for people to talk about for years to come. And that has to be in the back of his mind. And there are lots of opportunities this regular season to be like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still the guy. I'm still him. And then, take that momentum and take some of the advantages that come from having a good regular season and getting a buy in the playoffs and use that to kind of right the wrongs of previous playoff failings because that's that's the one thing like that I guess people come back with when talking about uh the career of Aaron Rodgers as a Green Bay Packer and what the organization has been with him in the helm at the helm. It's one Super Bowl and playoff devastation. Yep. And This season can turn that around and be just the exclamation point on his career, even if it doesn't end. Like I, I think we all expect him to play another two to three, four years. Um, if if at least two, at least two, including this one. And like that, this can be the first step on closing the book, his final act. Like he, he's a guy that definitely loves to get the last laugh on people. Yeah, Uh, and I think this season can be that in the regular season and in the playoffs, and it's just kind of what I think the narrative of the season is going to be. Um, And then I think we get that Packers-Bills Super Bowl matchup.
2: That would be a fun one.
3: If he does ball out like you're expecting, Andrew, could tie two NFL records this year, most MVPs with five, and most consecutive with three, Peyton has five, and, of course, Brett Favre won back-to-back-to-back MVPs in the late '90s, mid-to-late 90s, so... Could be fun to watch. But, yeah, Packers over. I think, honestly, maybe it's just because we're closest closest to it as a Packers pod, but the North, to me, kind of the easiest of the divisions to, to yeah. peg in here.
2: Yeah. there's, It's a lot of, like, just chalk, right? Yeah. it's it, Nothing really is going to surprise us this year unless – Unless something does, unless something does, thirteen and four <laughs> Lions, baby. Oh boy, Come <laughs> catch me at the season 9 podcast, picking a victory lap on the Packers getting the wild card, <laughs> and, the, and the Lions being thirteen and four. I'm I that Detroit if that happens, and opening a not. pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Uh we'll touch more on this uh this season for the Packers coming up. Yep. Uh On uh thursday i believe will be that podcast we're going to be talking about uh the packers season ahead and a preview of the minnesota vikings so before we sort of wrap up i'd like to thank both of you andrew and ty for uh for joining me on this what our longest to date i'd probably say close to two and a half hours on uh on an nfl yeah look sort of go around this has um, this probably is, has to be
3: the longest GSPN podcast episode without the presence of one Adam McGee. Who, <laughs> um, but no, it, we can't. We can't. No one can blame Adam anymore. Now it's it's all
2: of us who do the long pods. But right, it's always good to have a long pod and a long weekend. So we hope you are enjoying yeah. your Labor Day weekend. Please check out uh, Cruising for a Bruising. they will be releasing a new episode uh monday which is probably when you're going to listening to this as well so go over and check out that pod as they wrap up the arizona diamondbacks series uh gspn and info for everything gspn related for eurostep one and six make time for this and please 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 subscribe rate and follow uh talk of the tundra we need your guys support as a new and blossoming pod and if you have the uh what's what's the word i'm looking for if you have the time leave that five star review i love reading the the reviews that you guys leave including the very fun one that was left uh last episode so please and thank you anything else guys
3: i think we've said enough for now
4: happy to awesome. have joined i will uh i'm sure i'll see you mid-season to give you a point of comparison when my team's record is good <laughs> and the Packers are bad excuse me and the packers <laughs> are doing well and i i know more about uh romeo dobbs than i ever thought i would because i listen to talk of the tundra every
2: week <laughs> perfect we love to hear we always want the extra listener and the extra yep. fans so all right everybody thank you so much we will talk to you and you hear from us uh soon